Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Cam Newton is a bad B. That's right. It's the C3 Panthers podcast, and it's Tuesday night. And I can't imagine a Tuesday night without talking about Cam Newton breaking the internet. Now, we've got that. we got the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. My name is Tony Dunn. You can call into the show at 252-228-5098 and be part of the longest-running Panthers podcast on the interwebs. We've got Sam Darnold saying he knows he's a good quarterback. He doesn't care what you think about it. He's proved it. We'll be talking about that. Turns out he is a, he could be just really bad at tiling and better a little bit better at football. We've got Marat, Matt Marat, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Malik mm-hmm. Willis, all visiting with the Carolina Panthers, and continued rumors of Jimmy G. And all of that, all in the shroud or in the shadow of Cam Newton going on uh, a recent podcast and. Uh, Stirring up the whole world. Jordan Rodriguez has got to be sitting there eating her popcorn and just enjoying the week. I'm sure she's enjoying the C3 Panthers podcast, just like Cody Lashney, my wheelman, is. Tony Dunn, I wonder who had a worse podcast performance, Sam Darnold or Cam Newton? I'm pretty sure this is the place to talk about it, Tony. <laughs> you mentioned, uh, I mean, all the things that we're going to be having on the docket tonight, lots of quarterback talk. Um, you know, a, a lot of different things happening around the NFL that I think are, you know, worthy of comment. But, Tony, you know we're going to do this. With the best Panther fans and all of YouTube, you already know them and love them. It's our man, Drew, ATX19, uh, Eric Alexandrian, Hayes Rule 1981, Jay Issue, Joey the Blind, Panther Esquivel, Lynn Leonhart, Keloy Gargoyle, Maddie Matt, Shane Reed, Tim Estes, Underground West, and last but not least, Tim Tizzy himself is in the building. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. We'll be talking about the Sam Darnold discussion, the Sam Darnold uh, busting with the boys 
podcast and this Cam Newton thing that has just shook the whole world. Don't forget, you can get a I Stand With Cam t-shirt at carolinacatchronicles.com and tell him. And where is Carl Van? He better be standing with Cam. This mug is always talking about masculinity is under attack. You should be finally, Carl Van. I'm calling you out. It's your time to step up and stand with Cam. CarolinaCatChronicles.com. You can get that exclusive T-shirt there. And CK's in the house. How are you doing? Did you escape oh, from Tarkov? Uh, all the time, dude. It's a <laughs> it's a fun fun game. If you haven't checked it out, um, but yeah, I mean, like, listen, we have some stuff to talk about with the Panthers' quarterback situation uh, on every facet, every level, like from from intrigue to to hysteria. You know, it's just uh, it's going to be a fun night. And uh, listen, it might be uh, beating a dead horse for some people, but it's clearly uh, clearly something that we need to have a conversation about because these uh, Carolina Panthers tend to just break the internet whenever they go on these podcasts. All right. I feel like, um, well, you, look, you guys call in at 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Let us know who had the worst podcast. We need to put that poll up. I'll do it. <laughs> I, we need to have that. that. That's a great way of putting it. Who had the worst podcast performance? Sam Darnold's or Cam Newton. We want to hear your thoughts on Sam Darnold's opinion, or at least defense of his own play, um, and how I can't decide if I like him or dislike him. I tell you that. Uh, and then Cam Newton, again, like I'm saying, shook the world. Uh, told Some people are saying he said he only likes his women barefoot in the kitchen. And uh, I, got, I got a lot of opinions on it. I think I'm going to get canceled tonight. But too bad you can't cancel a podcast that does it just because they want to do it on Tuesday night with the coolest people in the world. Let's go ahead and jump into just some Panthers news, I guess. Um, and if there are, is any news. And the first thing I think is just like um, the, while Cam Newton continues to dominate our discussion, uh, the Carolina Panthers continue to look for a quarterback. And as the 30 visits, which I've never seen the 30 visits so covered so quickly. Like I think I saw four man rush put out a whole list of 30 visits. We used to follow that Gene. What was his name? Gene something. And I'll find it on Twitter in a minute. And he would always track the visits. Like once it was confirmed and things like this, Yeah, I feel like the Panthers just said, these are guys we're interviewing and they ain't got no fear or things about it. But the weird part to me is that they hosted all the quarterbacks in one day. Is that true? Three quarterbacks in one day. Yeah, it is true. And I, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks that's a little bit weird. But normally you would want to give enough time to let each quarterback kind of give you a lasting impression of themselves. I don't, I don't know. I, I thought that was weird, too. But you are Isn't right. it weird though, for the girl to see the girl that you're taking out uh, for lunch to see the girl that's leaving? Yeah, all your house from the night before. Well, like, I mean, like, are they walking out? Or like, you just taking them separate entry? Like, Tepper's meeting with one of them, and then they go to rule. It's like speed dating. Like a bad reality TV show where the the bachelor gets to gets to pick his favorite quarterback. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, so yeah, that did happen today, though. Uh, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, and Matt Corral all had. Uh, their visits with the Carolina Panthers today. Um, so the the Panthers are open openly signaling to absolutely anyone and everyone that we are certainly interested in the top quarterbacks in this year draft. Um, and then Tony today, even uh, you know, because Matt Corral 
And I'll try and find it too. He posted an Instagram story of him checking out Panthers Stadium. And it, for some reason, Matt Corral was trending on Twitter today. Uh, you know, Panther fans wondering what it might be like um, if Matt Corral was possibly drafted with the sixth overall pick. Another interesting thing of note is that Peter Schrager this morning put out uh, that he still believes Matt Corral is in the conversation to be the pick for Carolina at number six. And I feel like that's a name that we really haven't discussed too much. Most, right. most of, the, of the discussion has been around Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis. And this is something that we're going to have to discuss more because, you know, Matt Corral did come Is he the in-between the two guys in a way is first he's not tall he's only that's the other thing is like he looks bigger in pads than he really is matt corral yeah. like when i saw his his measurables they weren't as he looks bigger or at least on the film he did to me but um i assume like he looks like at least the way he's built like he kind of looks like a justin herbert type body to me um is he kind of in between herbert? kenny pickett and yeah like a uh, kind of Maybe Colin Kaepernick body type. I'm trying to think of like about the same player. He's more closer to Kyler Murray than he is Matt Corral. Yeah, Matt Corral's only like six foot. He's That's only perfect. six foot tall, but he doesn't look. He looks kind of lean. I guess what I'm saying is that he doesn't. I don't know. I mean, he looks kind of like on the no, field. Right. To, He's to about me. six foot, maybe two hundred pounds, soaking wet. And that 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 is one of the main criticisms about him is that. He really doesn't have the most idyllic build for an NFL quarterback. Um, with that said, on John Josh says he's six two. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I looked it up and I saw it was like underwhelming height. Yeah, dude, he's like Kenny, no, he's honestly. Kenny Pickett like, is the closest to a prototypical type size out of all of them, or Desmond, Ritter maybe. Desmond Ritter is probably a little bit taller too. Um, that's the concern with him is just how he's built. But when you look at the film, we have to be real. This man does have an incredible amount of talent. He does have that plus arm talent. He pushes the ball downfield. He's very aggressive and he's mobile as well. When you look at his highlights, there's a number of times when he that's why I said Colin Kaepernick. That's why I said that. You. Well, I mean, I would say more of like a slight, you know, a slower version of Kyler Murray and that they have the arm and they have the mobility. Now, he's not running the same 40 time as Kyler Murray, but he does have that ability to run away from you. I wouldn't doubt uh, if he were able to run, if he would be in the four fives. The other reason I say in between Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett is that I see Malik Willis as the upside guy. Yeah. And Kenny Pickett as the safe guy, and is Corral like the upside with a more safety, like more ready now? Like that's what they all tell me is Kenny Pickett's more ready than Malik Willis is. So if that's the only thing, is Matt Corral just basically higher upside but more ready than Malik Willis? So listen, in between th th this year, and then I'll pass the the mic to CK to give his opinions on this. Uh, the this year it's going to be a pick em. So you're going to hear a lot of different analysts telling you who their number one quarterback in this year's draft is. And to be very honest with you, you can make a legitimate case for all three of them. I mean, I could do it right now. Like, there's a legitimate case to be made 
for each of them being the best quarterback in this year's draft. That's why it's going to be so interesting to see what the Panthers ultimately decide to do because I really could see the possibility of everyone in this organization falling in love with the arm talent that Matt Corral represents and his mobility and the fact that he played in the SEC West against top flight competition. That kind of stuff matters. And to top it all off, people forget that throughout most of the college football season, Matt Corral was the name that was getting the most mentioned, the most talk about as potentially being a Heisman guy. You know, well, why did he tail off then? So a lot of it was because of the injury. That the, but that was the, in the bowl game, injuries. though, right? Well, but he even had some uh, two ankle injuries. Oh, he yeah. had an ankle injury on both ankles throughout the season. I know he had that when he played Alabama. So, you know, there is a concern about uh, his ability to take, uh, you know, the rigors of an NFL schedule. So it's an interesting conversation. CK, does this any of this matter to you? I don't know, man. Like I'm just, I'm <laughs> over the the idea. Like I just, it's so tough. Like I don't think that we're wrong either way, right? I I don't like. I want Malik Willis because I feel like the upside is there. But I mean, I see the value these other guys offer. But I also see that these guys. I mean, even all three of these guys are being graded as potentially second. Yeah, exactly, second round draft picks, right? And in those those historically don't do fantastic in the NFL. There are a few names that'll probably stick out, but. For the most part, they're pretty, pretty, you know, lackluster, if we're being this honest. Is, this is pretty crazy right here. Uh, I saw this tweet, and it was from um, Computer Cowboy on Twitter. And uh, these are all the second-round picks that have been taken, uh, quarterbacks that have been drafted in the second round going back almost – 20 years right i guess there were, weren't any before like i think he, he said 20 years but obviously 2006 so i guess no quarterbacks were taken in four or five or whatever um looking at this list and just to read it off real quick for the list listeners from going to most recent to further furthest back in history it's kyle trask jalen hurts drew Locke, deshaun deshaun kaiser Christian Hackenberg, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Geno Smith, Brock Osweiler, Andy Dalton, Colin Kaepernick, Jimmy Clausen, Pat White, Brian Brom, Chad Henney, Kevin Cobb, John Beck, Drew Stanton, Kellen Clemens, Torveris Jackson. So the idea here is that then if you look to delve deeper into the discussion that followed on this thread on Twitter is that the drop off in first round talent to second round over the last 20 years is pretty clear. Um, now, I guess you could th- cherry pick some names in the back, right? You can say, well, there might be a third or for like Dak Prescott. You can throw some guys in here. But even just looking at this list right here, who do you guys say is the best on this? Because I get like, or the the top picks from this. Like if you could go back and these, are, somebody was trying to tell me, or not me, I was reading the thread. I won't even participating in it. And they were like, oh, they, they named a couple of names off their list. And they were like, that's good value for two. And I was like, all right, well, still, none of these bitches did anything. Right. Well, well, I would say there's one player on this list who, who? doesn't belong with the rest of them. 
Derek Carr. Who do you think of it? Yeah, Derek Carr, man. I thought you were going to say Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick no, made the damn dude, uh, – Colin Kaepernick guy. made the Super NFC Garoppolo. championship, dude. I mean, whatever, man. My thing is if I'm, if I'm picking of all these quarterbacks – I'm picking Derek Carr. And, right, and- but that is the best out of the whole lot. And right. I would say that actually, man, I think you're like, um, strangely, you're going to see, like, so Colin Kaepernick had some success here, but uh, this is before your time. Kevin Cobb actually was all right for a minute, oh, but still, oh, these are like uh, basic bitches still. Right. All of them. Yeah. Every single one of them, except for Derek Carr is the goal, is the is the cream of the crop. Him and Colin Kaepernick maybe on this list. Chad Henney was all right for a minute. But I think this kind of, when I saw this, it made me feel better about what I was saying and why we should take a quarterback in the first. Yeah. And not because forcing it in the first is the answer, because I'm sure you could put up a tweet of first-round picks that haven't done shit, and that would be just as compelling as this second-round one. But the idea of trading back and still trying to get the guy that you think is a guy seems like that hasn't happened a lot. And that yeah. kind of lends to my argument. If you would pick him in the second and he was good, then he's really worth a first round pick. Um, So that list right there, it almost feels like if you can trade back and still get Corral, then maybe he isn't as good as we <laughs> Like just pick the guy at six then if he's that good. Uh the other thing is that I learned that he's Japanese American. Is he really? Because hmm. he didn't. I was like, uh, because I couldn't tell if he was white or not white, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I was like, I gotta figure yeah. this out. Um, yeah. not that I was just, but I was just interested in it, particularly yeah. kind of um, so it said, and something that I read that he was Japanese American. He's from the West Coast, I believe. So, dude, that actually makes me like him even more. Really? Why? Yeah. I mean, I've, I mean, this is so superficial, but like, I've just been growing up. I've always been a fan of like Japanese culture and stuff, and just to see new people in the NFL representing. You know, I don't, I don't think there's probably too many, uh, too many Japanese people playing in the NFL. But that's if we ran a if we ran a play where uh, somehow we split him out wide and threw the ball to him, what would you call it? I don't know, but you're setting me up to get canceled. I feel like, <laughs> like you're, 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 you're pitching me one. I don't know. You know I, what uh, know Bill Parcells would say? He would he call that a Jap play. Oh, really? Did they, allow, <laughs> they were allowed to say that shit? Well, I mean, Pearl Harbor, a trick play. Like a surprise attack, so that's what. Uh, oh, that's is what that Bill, really what he would call that shit? That's crazy. That's Bill right. Par- Bill Parcells called that uh, in a. He was doing a post game press conference, and some they ran like a fake fake punt on. He was this when he was coach at Dallas, and you know, and um, he goes, "No offense, but that's what we call a jap play." <laughs> And uh, this was like uh, he was probably this was probably mid early two thousands, but it's a reference. It's a nod to. I mean, obviously, Bill Parcells. Times but too, dude. Parcells dude. is, but I mean, the ninety, the early two thousands. Uh, yeah. That was uh, that's real. Yeah. It's kind of far in the rear view, but yeah. the whole thing is this: is I still remember it to this day because uh, I was listening to Jim Rome after like the next day, and uh, Rome goes. Anytime someone says no offense, be prepared 
to be offended. <laughs> and so I've just always remembered this story about this. But I think if we ran a trick play with a Japanese American quarterback, we could call it a Jap play and it not be racist. No, mm. I think it is. No, I think, I think it is. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on okay. the side of with it. Might. Allowed, yeah, yeah <laughs> you're, not to say, you're not allowed to say that type of shit. Not in today's well, country. I would like to remind everybody you know that, that um, well. the Japanese uh, did they believe that they were a superior race at one point, too. So, yeah. everybody, everybody said, like you've lost race. it. No, it's true. Uh, but let me read some direct, bit. though. Uh, I, I, on the subject of Matt Corral, I mean, you, we really do have to have to engage. You know, do we think that this is a first round talent? Like I said, most of the time he was considered the number one guy. And like I said, there was a fervor of, you know, of, you know, Panthers Twitter talking about this, of Matt Corral being, um, you know, uh, the type of quarterback that can just chuck the football downfield just effortlessly. And this is why I made the comparison to Kyler Murray. Because, you know, he doesn't have that frame. He doesn't have a huge body. But, man, he has that effortless arm talent. Um, And, yeah, dude, it's, you know, that's the kind of thing where you just can't teach a player to be able to do that. And so you either have people are taking ability. all this Japanese stuff so wrong. First, like hey, you guys got to chill out a little bit. First, Bill Parcells is the one that said it. Second, he is Japanese American. Third, the Japanese in the early in the in the nineteen forties did proclaim themselves to be the most superior race on the planet. So hold yeah, on. No one cares though. They just don't. But when people hear those types, it's just fine. Like man, like the sun never sets on the Japanese. They practice Shintoism. They worship their own the emperor. They thought he was a god. Like that is like so. You're the. <laughs> All right. Um. Would you take him over Malik Willis? I mean, that, see, that's the thing. It's like from a physical frame perspective, I think that Willis is built a little bit better, built a little bit stronger. However, I think that you can protect yourself in the NFL and slide and not subject yourself to too much damage. Um, so I don't think it has to be something. I, I don't think that it's going to prevent him from being successful in the NFL. I, I, I really, you know, it, it depends on if he's able to protect himself and get the ball out of his hands. If he does all those things correctly, then I think he'll be okay. Um, but. Uh, again, the upside that Malik Willis represents, it, you know, it's every bit as much as Corral, if not more, from an arm talent perspective, from a running perspective. You know, it's uh, he's, you know, that's why I said there's a genuine conversation to be had about who is or isn't the number one quarterback in this year's draft, because there's a case to be made for for all three of these dudes. Um. Anything, CK, before we move on? No, I mean, I think that that's, uh, I mean, I think there's a case to be made for every single one of these guys, and that's what makes something like this so difficult is to try to predict which one of these people are going to be the most likely to be successful in this league. I, I don't know that there's a simple answer, and uh, and quite honestly, I think at this point in time, we just, we'd be doing ourselves a disservice if we said one person's going to be garbage just for the sake of saying he's going to be garbage, you know? 
Sam Darnold was um, hanging out this week doing some, or last week doing some, mm-hmm. uh, I guess he was on busing with the boys. I think some of those guys have some USC ties or something, maybe. Busting with the boys, man, they have, uh, they've been putting on, they were like, they've been doing their own thing on the internet for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they, they got a cool setup and a cool vibe about them. Uh, Cody, by any chance, do you have any of the audio from the Darnold interview? I feel like we shared some of it, but Darnold went on and, uh, I tell you this is that as I listened to him talk, uh, and they covered a range of topics from his time at USC. I mean, they started with when he uh, was getting recruited in high school um, to how he selected his schools. Um, you know, Duke Duke University was on the radar because of David Cutcliffe. Um, I think he was first recruited by, was it Iowa or something? And he was like a sophomore in high school, and he wasn't even playing quarterback at the time. But so they talked about all of that. So there's some cool stories about him, you know, talk, uh, why, you know, that experience. They also, um, I thought he had a neat take or a, a grounded, realistic take on the Will Smith, Jada Pinkett stuff. Like they asked him, you know, it just happened a couple of days before. And I felt like he was pretty level-headed about a lot of it. I thought he took in some cool. I couldn't decide as he was talking if I liked him or disliked him. Right. You know, it's like it's like at first I was like, man, this is just a goofball. I don't want to, you know, I just want to be mad at him for being privileged and all of this this whole time. And then, like, he was like, hey, this guy's pretty cool. So I was vacillating back and forth between whether or not I liked him or disliked him. Right. And then they asked him this, and that brings in the controversial, I guess, at least for Panther fans, it brings in the emotion. It's been an emotional week for quarterback talk for the Carolina Panther fans here. But um, Darnold, so they asked him how he would feel. How's it feel when you hear the Carolina Panthers are seriously going to could draft somebody to replace him at six? And, uh, you know, he even talked about mental health in this interview. Cue it up, Cody. Let's hear, like, what he had to say. It truly is, and this is this is kind of where you're not going to believe what I say, but – Bear with me. I'll be ready. Yeah. Um, it truly is like whatever happens, happens. Because mm-hmm. that's at the end of the day, like it's out of my control. Yeah. And I know that. And so I have enough security in myself where I can be like, I know I'm a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I know I can be a good quarterback in this league. I proved it. Um, and I know there's a team if, you know, something happens that would want me. It truly is in this. So that's it. Um, that's just just this clip. I, I think there's one other one too where he talks about fan criticism that we're going to talk about. So uh, I know I'm yeah. a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I know I can be a good quarterback in this league. I've proved it. Uh, I've proved it. I think that was that was the only part of this to me, Tony, where he hung himself. Oh, no, the other one where he said when he told the fans to go strap up, he told the fans that, like, he's like, I know, he said, look, fans, they get to have their opinions. We got to take it, this and that. But, yeah, like, uh, these people, they're just armchair armchair quarterbacks, and they say, oh, you suck at your job. Basically, like, people do on Twitter. 
And he said, imagine if I went to your job and said, hey, that house you built, piece of shit. You should get a new career. So he said, why don't y'all strap up? And I have some mixed feelings. So maybe we can find that clip in a second. But let's talk about this. Has he first? I, look, it's what is he supposed to say? I'm going to quit. I don't think I'm good. Uh, I saw Lynn right. say healthy attitude. I actually think that that's a good attitude to have. Um, if anything, it's almost playing a little too close to vest. Like I can't control what I control. You say this is I'm going to go out there and win that motherfucker. That's what I would say. I mean, not, but like here, he said the right thing. Like he's displaying confidence in himself when nobody else right. is, at least on the face of it. But you're right. Like when he said, I'm a good quarterback, I proved it. When you're 17 and 32 and you're terrible, that was a little rich. Yeah, that's that that to me was kind of the moment where I just kind of tuned out a little bit because I just like, does he talk about, is it, it, do you think him proving it? Do you think he's talking about, when we went on a three and O stretch at the beginning of the season. And like, that was really the limit of his success in the NFL from, from all accounts. Right. Um, or is he talking about the fact that he was drafted highly and that he was, you know, drafted because he has potential and he has the ability to be a good court. Like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to just completely dog that decision. Like uh, that statement, but I, I, I really, and when you say that you've proved it, like, I mean, you've got to, you've got to be able to come with some, some receipts right you know we we love well, to talk about receipts i uh, yeah well i know some people a lot of people do but uh what you know here's the thing is i guess what he's proved is this is it may be it's like we could parse everybody's words like we're going to talk about cam newton in a minute in a little while and like you can break down every exact word of what you're trying to say and does it come across the way you mean it but what it could what i think it could mean is this is in a way he's proved is like look he started several years in the NFL. Right. They might not be good, like as in like uh, compared to, uh, but but I'm at, that's better than the guy that hasn't played a game in the NFL. You know, so like he's proved that he's in his mind that he's worthy of being in the NFL. You know, and I mean, like, so you may, he probably shouldn't have said proved it, but it, it does feel like he's like, these bitches don't know what they're talking I don't know. How do you feel about it, Cody? So listen, man, I do my best to come on this podcast and give rational takes. I try and take my fanboy opinion and take all that stuff out and, and try and give a, a, a concise, thought out opinion. Well, I'm not required to do that shit, right? And you might like Sam Donald having the self-confidence to be like, oh, yeah, I believe in myself. Well, I'm a realist, and I'm a fan of this football team, and it hasn't proven the damn thing. And someone right. mentioned it in the chat room, the fact that we're going to be paying him $18 million this year, and yet he thinks that he's proven something. No, dude, you haven't proven anything, and you shouldn't feel confident in anything that you've done because you haven't proven anything in the NFL. The difference between him and Josh Rosen is that Sam Darnold continues to get second chances. Josh Rosen's out of the NFL right now. Right now, Sam Darnold is hoping that he isn't a career backup because that's what he's looking like, someone that's going to play second fiddle to a real, legit NFL franchise quarterback, right. which is not him. I mean, yeah. I mean, what did you want him to say? I don't care. I, I I don't have to. He can give the right answer, whatever. My opinion is he hasn't proven shit, 
And I don't want to give him pats on the back for, oh, well, that's what he should say. Like, okay. No, I just don't want to over tear him down, I guess, is my point. I, you're right. It's like, let's not pat him on the back. Like I told you, I couldn't decide if I like him or dislike him as I vacillated between the entire discussion between he's a goofball, mm-hmm. he's privileged, he's, you know what I'm saying? And then like, I couldn't figure, I can't put my finger on it. And I do firmly believe that we've scapegoated Sam Darnold in Carolina. Now, I'm not trying to say that the other years that he played in New York don't matter in our way that we perceive him and what he could be. But last year, there wasn't anything good going on in Carolina. You know, I mean, like, I mean, is. So it's not like he went, went to a, a, a really stable place and he made them worse. Right. Everything was terrible last year. And that, um, I don't know. I just don't like to find one thing that is the only reason but to take all my ire out. On. Can we also talk about the reality that every top high quality quarterback has gone into a shitty situation? Because guess what? They were drafted highly. That means they went into a shitty team that was doing shitty that had shitty right. circumstances, right? So, I mean, I, I was right there along the side, along everybody else's that was trying to be optimistic about Sam Darnold. And I was saying that, you know, maybe this guy can turn around his career. Maybe it was Adam Gase. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was that, right? We were We were just constantly making reasons why maybe he isn't as bad as we think he was, right? And And then you run into... But then you really kind of you unfocus yourself, you zoom out and you look at the fact that Peyton Manning went to a team that was horrible and they turned that around. He took advantage of that opportunity. Like and then you could even go and look at uh, Trevor Lawrence. He didn't have a great year last year, but guess what? That team isn't like literally on the brink of letting him go because they see the potential in him. Like I feel like Sam Darnold's always kind of been after his first year has always been kind of like all right, maybe next year will be the year. Maybe it'll be this year, but we don't know for sure. We're not seeing what we thought we were going to see from him. But to your point, uh, Tony, I do agree with your take, or at least the the maybe the the uh, the the disdain maybe for his statement of like com- having people complain about his job and and him saying I don't come and tell you how to do tile work. I think that's absolutely incorrect. We all have uh, we can look and and see what's happening on the field and see he's doing a bad job. We can see that the the Tyler is not able to actually grout properly because right. it's clearly u- ugly looking. And so, yeah, this I'm going to tell him how to do his job. Exactly. This is where I waver to where I don't like, you know, it's like, I, don't, I won't say I don't like him, but like, this is a straw man argument, a flawed argument right here. Here he is talking about how he deals with some of the criticism. Part that pisses me off is when people judge like my game, mm-hmm. like how I'm playing. Then I'm like, hey, bud, like, Go strap it up. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I was like, you're a fan, and I respect you being a fan, and you can talk all the shit you want, and I'm not going to do anything about it at the end of the day. But, like, take it easy. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what if I was like, hey, like, the, the house you just worked on, piece of <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you're, you're so bad at tiling. Like, you yeah. should really go get another job really think about your profession yeah you know it's like sometimes you just want to say part that pisses me off is when oh. people judge like my Hold game mm-hmm. okay i'm playing so here's the thing this all makes sense 
right? It's like in some ways on the face of it, this makes sense. Is that what to unduly criticize someone for something that they don't, you don't really know the ins and outs of to unduly criticize someone just to criticize them and get it out of your system is, is, is a crappy thing. But here's where he's missing. The guy has to really be bad at tiling. Like, I mean, we're not talking about going into a brand new house and looking at the tile that looks perfect and saying, what a shit job you're doing. You should get a different career. It's walking into the house and the tile job actually being shitty. Right. <laughs> and you're like, hey, the tile got to be fixed. It's not like you were out there playing perfect quarterback. Right. And you're like, oh, like it's not a good. I mean, I understand the undue. Un, un or over the top criticism and how look he's a person he's going to be emotional if he wasn't upset by it then i would have just as much of a problem if he is upset but you don't walk into the house and say you're doing a shit job at building the house but think the house is nice right yeah but and then again he makes that comparison that builder isn't being paid 18.5 million dollars <laughs> to build that shitty house Again, this is funny shows, by Kevin. It just shows no self-awareness, man. And, you know, I, I think, uh, like, I don't is know. Is it, you think like, it's I'm no self-awareness? Or do you think, look, I just think it's like, it look. No, so how is there any self-awareness to this, Tony? You have done nothing. And listen, if you want to blame it on the O-line or coaching or whatever mm -hmm. the hell it is, it, fine. But to, to assume that you have the ability to say that people shouldn't shouldn't be criticizing you, that they don't know how that they can't critique on how you're playing when it's literally apparent to the entire world That's that you're the point. playing like trash. Right. Why are That's you above point. criticism? What have you ever accomplished? It comes off as entitled. It comes off as uh, he's very easily gotten to right. and easily rustled. It's easy to ruffle his feathers. And uh, Tony, remember way back at the beginning of training camp, there was that story where they they were telling Sam that they wanted him to be the first man out on the field and that they wanted him to do that. And it wasn't until they asked him to do it that he actually started. No, I don't remember that. I, don't I, remember. I, 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 guarantee I remember them trying the to shield him. I remember them trying to shield him from. Um, like taking on the leadership role so much. Because I, I think he's um, not a good leader. I think that's what this is. I don't know. Like. I mean, like he he's so young. I think that he's 24 years old. Imagine what you were like when I was 24. Oh, don't come I mean, This is way, not a good look. To, it just wasn't a good analogy. I think right. at the end of the day, you should probably, and it's not what you should say. It's about how you feel. And maybe you're bringing up a good point is that like his feelings right now are that this is an un- dual crit like an unnecessary criticism like he but, is sensitive to it but it's actually legitimate criticism that have people right. have had about his play yes, and right. what he really needs to be again kind of like the the other part where he was like well i can't control what i can control you actually can control it bro like you could go out there and be like i'm gonna go out there and dominate i'm gonna make my i'm gonna go save matt rule's job right do you want like, to I'm gonna go, like you should and it's like, uh, but they even talked about him seeing a psychiatrist. Right. Did you see the mental health board about that? Yeah, I mean, he, but he wasn't like, it wasn't, it, I, I like that. But I think it, here's, I want to touch on that one thing. 
like, can we talk about how stark of a contrast that statement is to what we are accustomed to with Cam Newton, right? Like, it's <laughs> it's like, stop talking about me doing my job, like uh, doing a poor job instead of like saying I need to go out there and play better. So that right. People, right? Yeah. Cam Newton's uh, approach was you don't like the way I'm doing it then stop me from doing it, right? Yeah. Like, I think right. Sam Darnold You're needs right. to have a similar approach, right? He and needs to say, you know, if I don't like the way that people are talking about how I'm playing the game, then I need to stop playing the game in a shitty manner. Like, I think that's my biggest issue with this. That like, is right. It's like, you need to go ahead and say I'm a big D, you guys, next year. Like, I'm going to come back. Right. It ain't been right. I got to prove all these fools wrong. Right. Yeah, that dude, imagine if you would have said, listen, I know I haven't lived up to fans expectations to this point frankly i haven't lived up to my own expectations but what i am determined to do is to continue to get better and prove to everyone that i am worthy of being called a franchise quarterback in the nfl i know i'm not there yet but i'm working my ass off to get there how hard is that to do that is the easiest thing in in the world to do he could have said that and didn't instead he's it comes off entitled and above criticism i think you're right i think you're right i think i agree with you on this is like he kind of just this is why i don't like usc culture it's like the super rich surfy kid calif yeah so think about the um i mean he was recruited by ogeron right kind of not like but filmed as like a sophomore or something uh, and he was playing linebacker he never you know played like one game when somebody got hurt at quarterback but these kids are like he was playing at a school he was like talking about a kid that got recruited in seventh grade you know and it was just it's just like this is like it's almost like too given and handed to people sometimes um so he's a us usc is where the uh, Lin- not Lindsay Lohan. Who who was the the lady that was Aunt Becky on, uh, Full House, Lori something. The girl that was she just went to prison a little bit because they got they were cheating. Uh, the girls were che- their children were cheating. Uh, they cheated. Oh on the yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, her husband is uh, uh Philip. I mean, uh, William H Macy. What, what's her name? Yeah, yeah. Um, Laura, Lo- Lo- Laura, something. Anyway. Is that these people pay were paying, you know, and fudging all these documents? But the best part of this story is I'm pretty sure it was her daughter. Felicity Huffman. No, that's uh that's the blonde one that was that's the blonde one. The other one is something else. Oh, I know I know that she was connected to it though. You mean when they were like paying Becky. Aunt Becky, chat, help me out. Lori Laughlin, thank you. Thank you, Ted. Uh, Lori Laughlin. So she's Aunt Becky in Full House or whatever. Um, their kid, when they found out the news, like their kid was on the yacht with the president of the college. So, like, not only had they cheated to get on the school, they were like on spring break and they were on the, it's like just a rich people's club. So I get that. It's like, it almost feels like, is, is Sam Darnold too pretty boy? You know, Dude, and that's the worry. Isn't that the worry about Zach Wilson? It's like you kind of like this. It's like I want. That's why we like Matt Corral now. He beat up Wayne Gretzky's kid. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, look. I mean, 
I don't like the stereotypes. I don't care how you look, dude. Justin Herbert. What? Well, how about like how you that. act? I'm not saying how he looks. He's acting. I'm not saying how he looks, bro. Yeah, his actions reveal it. That's like uh, if you said entitled, that is the rich boy guy. I got handed the the silver spoon mentality. Yeah, and also again, it just lacks self awareness. You have to know that you have not built up any good grace with anyone. Certainly, no Jets fans, and certainly no Panther fans at this point. Like right now, if the Panthers started this next season with Sam Darnold. At quarterback, all of us completely throw our chances at the playoffs out the window. But no one thinks that Sam Donald's taking us to the playoffs. Come on. So, yeah, zero self-awareness. Um, I tell you, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out if I dislike him. I wouldn't say like him. but oh, I wanted to go on that, too. I don't, I don't ever dislike a person. Like, unless you say some dumb Why not? I miss, like, I just like all types of people. Like, dude, I just I like a lot of people. I don't give a damn about, about him. Like, my thing is, as a player, you're not very good. Like, your personality could be, like, nails on a chalkboard. But at the end of the day, if you're a winner and you're winning, it, it doesn't really matter to me. So, it's like, the, the you know, I don't mind him as a person. I'm sure if him and I were hanging out, having a beer, we'd get along just fine. I have no doubt about it. But as a no, you player, would not. He would be so mad at you. I mean, if we well, were hanging out with Sam Darnold, because I'd be talking. I would, I would, uh, I would, I'd be like, "Yo, Sam, look at all this shit, my man over here." So, and <laughs> about you, I would be like, "Hey, come on, so you know, really you can't it. say that. You have been very critical of him, and yeah, you would and just own it. Him. You would, you would own it. There, it would be fun." We would be talking shit to I him. Oh, yeah, especially in front of him. Like, I, I kind of feel like... But yeah, you got to own it. I mean, I said... Yeah, this, like, is, this is my energy and on, on all things. If you have an opinion that you're afraid to say in front of someone's face... Come on the show and strap up. Yeah, like, That's what be, I would you tell them. I was like, you don't like it, Sam Darnold. Get on the C3 Panthers podcast, podcast and strap up. I said this on the Friday Free For All. Imagine how much more credibility with Panther fans... He would have had if he would have came on this show, man. Come on a Panther show, talk to Panther fans. But like now you're hanging out and palling around on fucking Taylor Lewan show. It's just like, dude, come on. I'm all right with it. Like I told you, I can't figure out if I like him, dislike him, hate him. Um, don't like I'm, him. I'm but... annoyed by him. How's that? I'm annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. I would see that, and I'm sure he's he'd be annoyed if he watched our podcast. But guess what? We're talking yeah, about you. Point. You ain't talking about <laughs> us. I'm um, he makes eighteen and a half million dollars. By the way, uh, if you they uh, asked him about that, they asked him about that. They were like, "Uh, so," and he did take. He said, "Look, it's like uh, you get some when you're the quarterback. Like that's what you get paid to do. The money's there, so you gotta you true. get the criticism and stuff like that." And they asked him about his. Because when you're first round draft pick in the top five or whatever he was, you get a, I mean, and like you could be, it was like 20 million guaranteed by the end. Plus, you got the 18. And like, so he, and they asked him about it. He's like, oh, I don't know how much it was. And they were like, quit lying, dude. You know exactly how much you made. Yeah, man. Uh, and that's, again, that's why it's so tone deaf. By the way, if you're in our YouTube, uh, vote in our poll who had the worst podcast performance. Sam Darnold or Cam Newton, 
currently right now with the vote at 65% to 35, Sam Darnold is winning. <laughs> it's a Panthers <laughs> podcast, bro. Yeah, that's how you know it's, it's a, a Panthers podcast. Look, pa- fans are just speaking in their mind. They're just telling the truth. The number is 252-228-5098. Why don't you put some shame in their game real quick? Ooh. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's that time. Uh, it, it's about time. It's about space. It's about time for CK to slap your face with those golden pipes he's got. You the already voice know what that want. makes you moist. Talk to him. Oh, hello there. <laughs> Welcome into the stream. Welcome in to this epic conversation about literally only quarterbacks in this Carolina Panthers podcast. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack. You guys have come here Tuesday night, every week, week in, week out, off-season, draft, whatever it is, you come in, but you haven't hit the like button yet? I have one thing to say to all you absolute legends, but also freaks. Subscriber shame, motherfuckers. Subscriber shame. 120 strong viewers, 56 thumbs up. Do like my man Trill One says, hit the like button, hit the subscribe, hit that notification bell for every single time the C3 Panthers podcast goes live. This has been your subscriber shame, Tony Dunn. What else we have on the docket for these people tonight? You want to you wanna talk about work. Cam? We're going to talk about Cam. The number is 252-228-5098. And we'd like for you to jump in. Tell us who had the worst podcast, Cam Newton or uh, Sam Darnold, or chime in with with which which quarterback you want uh, to replace these these guys right here. Let's go ahead and jump into a couple of cat calls, and we'll come back because I got – I'm telling you, you guys, you want to try to cancel – you were going to try to cancel me earlier in this show? You're going to definitely want to cancel me when I start – caping up for cam in just a minute i got you cam they don't understand you they don't get you bro but i get you 252-228-5098 so what are your thoughts on cat calling yeah it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody and how did that make you feel uh, very uncomfortable so how do you think cat calling makes the person feel it feels good like Hey, what's good, fellas? Corey calling in. It's been a, been a while since my last call. But Corey, I, what's up, man? So you guys, um, uh, show this past Tuesday, I think it was, and I was talking about, you know, Matt Rule's playing quarterback, and I just, I wholeheartedly agree, man. You, the, the, the age of winning, building a, a elite defense and elite running team and winning with a game manager slash video quarterback, that shit don't happen no more, man. Like, it's not, it's not
called Magic in a Bottle twice. Joe Flacco called Magic in a Bottle. Like, 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 Nick Foles called Magic in a Bottle. Point is, you're, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with a great running game, great defense, and a mediocre quarterback that plays mediocre. That's what San Francisco's been trying to do for the last three years when they might have the best yep. supporting pass in the NFL. Yep. And, and you, you turn on the TV in the playoffs. 100%. This is a great call, man. He's not that guy, right? So it's like, yeah, you can catch Magic in a bottle with Peyton Manning and uh, elite defense and, you know, Peyton Manning having a noodle arm at the end of his career. But it's like you can't plan for shit like that. You can't plan for that. That's right. All right, guys, we're going to just build a strong team and then put an average quarterback in the middle of it to see if we can get it done. So it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you you intentionally get a quarterback who is – limited like why wouldn't you want somebody who can take the game over if need be um that, that's pretty much all i had man um you know uh thanks thanks for always man for all y'all all y'all just man appreciate it tremendous call tremendous call love that call right there because is that is the point is that yeah you can cite these uh anecdotal references of when things go right but that's not how those people planned it right and on top of that is that where I love this call is to say that Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, or like, uh, like I mean, people are even like, well, Peyton was average. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. These aren't just below, you know, is that he's right, is that they weren't playing average at the moment. Right. And there was a time where Joe Flacco was a top quarterback in the league. Right. I mean, it might not have been a long window. But it was there. Eli, too. Eli won't just a bum. You know, I mean, he won't the best quarterback in the whole world either. And to hear real influential people cite Brad Johnson. Yes, 20. That's 20 years ago, bro. We didn't even email each other then. Yeah. And I think that's the point. (laughs) That's the point the caller is making. And by the way, you have to to give me credit. I've been saying this for years that you if you have this idea like the Panthers have had for the past three years, that you are going to build a really good championship football team around a mediocre quarterback that can't put the game on his shoulders and be the reason why you win a football game, then you're not going to win a Super Bowl. And every single year is an example of these young, dynamic, talented young quarterbacks that are able to make magic happen. And you either have one of those game changers or you don't. And the fact of the matter is, if Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield or Nick Foles, if it was really possible for those types of quarterbacks to continuously win championships in today's NFL, they, they wouldn't be free yeah, agents. They wouldn't be changing jobs every two years going to a new place. The, the, the 49ers wouldn't have traded up to draft Trey Lance last year if Jimmy Garoppolo was that type of that type of guy. Right. So, yeah, Corey, fantastic call, man. The, that day and age, it, it's over. It's over. Well, you know what? I, it, I don't think it ever was a day and age. I just think that we're finding examples that meet, like, uh, evidence that tries to make us, whatever position we want, feel better. So, like, if you believe that you know you don't you don't need a quarterback or if you're trying to refute the argument that you have to have a top elite quarterback to win a super bowl um then you find these examples of non 
elite quarterbacks winning Super Bowls. But at the same time, that's also not the game plan that people built around. Right. If I remember correctly, is Nick Foles, they didn't go into the season with Nick Foles. Didn't Carson Wentz get hurt? Yeah. Carson and then Wentz Nick was the MVP, MVP candidate throughout the entire year, honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, like, is we can find is statistics that fit our perspective, but you can't realistically build a team. I mean, look at we put up the quarterbacks drafted in a second. Like, there's not a single one of them has won a Super Bowl. You know, yeah. the best quarterback in the league, people th- are argue if he's a top 10 quarterback still. I mean, not the, the best quarterback on that list, David Carr, was David, right? Derek is the Derek. Oh, whichever car, whichever car is playing in Las Vegas right now, which I like. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but like he, you, there's an argument for people saying he's not a top 10 quarterback, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, so like the best on the list is still not had the chip. Is what I'm trying to fringe. say. I think Carr is probably. Yeah, I do. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but yeah, just yeah, like yeah. Eli would have been yeah. at his time. All right, uh, um, let's go to the next call. Okay. Oh, that's not the next call. What pisses me off looking looking at Sam interview is how. Childish he is. I think he's talking about Sam Dornham. I think that yeah. he shouldn't take the position of being a quarterback serious. Coming to Carolina, feeling some way about the fans, like we don't deserve better. That is bullshit. And it, I'm like getting hot to where I don't even want to continue looking at the video. I just want to respond to him. Like, this is crazy. Like, who is CMC to come out of college and just take it lightly into the NFL and be like, eh, whatever, that thousand to thousand, I don't care about it. I don't care about the fans' feelings neither. You don't see CMC doing that. Yeah. If he can stay healthy, I'm sure he loves staying on the field. What is Sam's problem, bro? Like, <clears throat> I have no answers for this dude. I just want you off my team. You wasn't being taken serious from Matt Rule anyway to begin with. He gave you the bypass to not be a leader. And we, we got 50-50 fans that's on Sam ass, but then you got the ones that's, that's on his side thinking it's okay. Bro, this is not okay. I'm I'm mad as I am highly disappointed. And as fans, we need to get on one page. We know we deserve better, but we we holding on to Cam. We're giving passes to players that don't deserve passes, bro. Like, what is our problem? Yeah. Well, I tell you what, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna echo the sentiments, man. Like that's what I said earlier. It, it shows zero self-awareness and how, you know, that he made a point. You would never hear Christian McCaffrey say anything like that. Because well, we don't ask him. We haven't, no, I haven't heard it, Christian McCaffrey on a podcast yet, and I want to well, hear what Christian kind of McCaffrey, when everybody says he's injury-prone, what do you think he's going to say? Well, but, like, hell no, nah, that's about Injury-prone, that's one thing. But if you're talking about not wanting to hear fan criticism, like, at least Christian McCaffrey has this one season 
where he where he had done something that literally only one or two other quarterbacks had ever done in the NFL ever before. Run, like, uh, running backs, yeah. Right, yeah. That was an incredible. That was an incredible season for McCaffrey. And Sam Darnold has nothing. Like I know. I think Sam Darnold, the, again, I think the entitled that kind of spoiled. And look, I don't even know if he is. Like, I just, I mean, like, is that he might just be even keel personality. And I just want to, but I do think it's like this is like, look, I know people got, they're going to talk their shit. And I, they can't strap, they're not going to go strap up. I'm the one that has to go strap up. That's what I was, instead of like saying, well, why don't you go strap up? Instead of saying, like, they ain't the ones doing it. I'm the one doing it. I'm going to go out there and bust some heads this year. And if I don't, then they keep talking their shit. And I'm going to keep cashing my checks. That's what I would say. Yeah, man. I mean, look. So I, let, I oh, let's look. He ain't the only controversial one. Oh, Cam Newton, look at this. Is You know what is damn. I feel like Jada Pinkett Smith and Will, oh, and Will Smith are going to write Cam Newton a thank you letter. For taking some shade finally off of them as their shit going crazy. What do you think Jordan Rodriguez is thinking right now? And I'm not that trying. Look, I feel like Jordan's a cool girl. A cool girl. Like I don't think she's gonna sit there and be like, "Ha ha, you get." But like, we've been through a little bit of this before with the Cam Newton and the routes. Women, females talking about the routes. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton goes on. Um, what is it? It is first of all, um, what is it? The name of the podcast? Crap, YouTube. It's uh, millionaire, millionaire, millionaire mind. No, uh, it's a million dollars worth of game. Million dollars worth of game. All right, so Cam Newton takes the world and his comments by storm because of this. If you can pull up the tweet that's been floating around. Yeah. The, I would say the clickbait the clip. tweet. Somebody sent me, and hold on, I'm about to. I, well, I don't this. know what tweet you're talking about. I have the clip. The no, well, it minute. was like it's like the clip tweet that's been going around, and it's like Cam. It says Cam Newton says like it's been. Is this the oh. one? This is the one that I, I showed last time. Yeah. yeah so here, I mean, it's like there's a couple of websites that. All right, look, if you look at the, like, uh, they're trying to highlight in the text part, not yeah. Cam Newton and controversy, but... It says, NFL quarterback Cam Newton complained about women who, open quote, can't cook and, open quote, don't know when to be quiet. Now, a woman, for me, is handling your own, but no one had it catered to a man's needs. Let's just say this. Let's listen to Cam, and then we'll comment on before, it. Before you press play, I want to give yeah. a shout-out to... Uh, rude life underscore NASA. Yeah, that's which, my home, uh, man. All right. Uh, so my man tagged me in a tweet, and this was on the tweet was good lord was uh eighteen. No, that's not it. That's not eighteen. He sent me this tweet, and uh, it just showed up. It was the morning before. Like before this took off, he sent me, he said, y'all just enjoy. And he tagged me and linked the podcast to Cam. Like he, the shit hadn't even blown up yet. And yeah. he just knows we love Cam. 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And he was like, and so I watched this at first. Mad shout out to you, brother, for hooking me up with that interview. So I got it like fresh on the presses. I watched it before all of this happened, too, like before the storm started. And to give my man credit, he had a dope intro. It was fly. They did the Pusher Man song, and Cam was vibing. Like these guys were vibing together. Like he was like flowing in the podcast world just like being natural and then uh the internet grasped their greedy hands on it and said we're gonna hate cam newton uh play the clip that's been making the world that uh stopped the twitter world or saved uh jada pickett pinkett smith i already hate this story by the way a perfect example of what a man was in my life by my father my parents have been together for 36, 37 years now, and it's, and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I grew up in a three-parent household, my mom, my father, and my grandmother. And uh, I knew what a woman was, not a bad bitch. Okay, what's the difference? A woman. Okay. A bad bitch is a person who's just, you know, girl, I'm a bad bitch. You know, I'm doing yeah. this, I'm doing that. I, 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 I looked apart. <laughs> But I don't act apart. Okay. You know, and it's a lot of women who are bad bitches. And I say bitches in, in, in a way not to degrade. See, I use it the same way. People get girls. Yeah. To, to, to I go off the, the aesthetic of I call what you they that deem too, is okay. a boss chick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I call you that. a woman for me is handling your own, but knowing how to cater to a man's needs. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think yeah, a lot so like, of times this is typical that cam. That was like, just oh, poor oh. word selection. He didn't mean like cater. He meant like to. Well, the clips on my, clips on my and I soul. think a lot of times when you get that aesthetic of like, I'm a boss bitch, like I'm a this, I'm a dad. No, baby. Like, but you can't cook. Okay. You don't know, you don't know <laughs> when to be quiet. You don't know how to allow a man to lead. I so, uh, okay. I mean, I know you feel some type of way. About yeah, yeah. Y'all go ahead and get in this. Y'all go ahead. Let Y'all tell me how we should stop our whole lives because Cam Newton uh, was talking about some fake-ass bitches on the internet. I mean, okay, man. It's like, look, there's two different sides of this story, man. And I'm interested in, in, in hearing it from every every different way and what, telling me what you have to say, CK, what you have to say. Right. My thing is this, right? Cam is allowed to be into whatever kind of woman he's into, right? If Cam wants a, a traditional woman who will, you know, cook and clean and, and follow him, that that is 100% his, his prerogative. And he doesn't need anyone to tell him different. I think the reason why this gets so blown out of proportion is that people are, are, are making it seem like Cam Newton is saying that all women should be this way. And basically, like, like they're trying to make it seem like Cam is saying, a he's, real a, good woman, he's a misogynist. That's what they're yeah, saying. He's a misogynist. He's a, you know, women need to get back in the kitchen. You know, if you uh, ain't barefoot pregnant in the kitchen, then you ain't doing right. your job. That's what they're saying. So, yeah, that only, now only, and the internet went nutso over it, bro. Like, they thought this was like, uh, man, people get murdered down the street from your house. There'd be like sexual abuse down the street from your house. So you're mad about what Cam Newton said on this podcast, but go well, ahead. And it's also like, just to be real, like, you know, if, if people want to make this an issue, 
but at the same time, like this is right off the uh, off the back of Deshaun Watson too, man. It's like, do people care more about this than that? Yes, it, they it, do. Oh, and, totally. And I think it's because Cam Newton is that lightning rod type of type of player, type of person. Right. Now, to play devil's advocate here, right? Knowing that Cam Newton has had the whole Jordan Rodri, uh, the Jordan Rodri thing before. Like, is there any onus on Cam to maybe, like, word this a little different so it can't be so easily taken out of context? Like, is there any, like, Cam has to know, you know, we were talking about self-awareness earlier. But sure, with Sam yeah, Darnold. I know. Like, people will so, say like, that I will forgive Cam, but I won't forgive Sam right, Darnold. They so will say if, that. If you know, but, so if you know, if you're Cam Newton, and you know that people kind of already have this mindset about you, right. this notion about you, then it's like, bro, what does this even do to even like broach this topic? You know what I mean? So I, at the end of the day, I don't have a problem with anything Cam Newton said. You know, I, I think that maybe Cam Newton also coming from, you know, his father being a, a, a preacher. He comes from a very conservative Christian household. And I'm sure that that plays a, a, a part in, in what he wants as a woman. And then on top of that, it isn't very outlandish that if you're a man, you know, and again, this is kind of, you know, not football that we're talking now. Right. But, you know, uh, uh, I, I'm telling you, a man doesn't hate it to have a woman who will cook for him and who loves him enough and respects him enough to let him lead in the relationship. And I think that is, uh, you know, that's a good thing. And it's something that kind of gets lost on people a lot, too. But then, you know, there's a bunch of other women who are CEOs of companies and they're business people. You're taking it to a place it doesn't even need to go. The Internet has taken this to a place that this doesn't even need to go. Right. Is that, first of all, um, people get too mad over everything. That's the first thing. It's like, I don't care if you agree. You don't got to. You can think Cam's dumb. You can think all of that. But, y'all, the fact that we you get so mad, we people get so mad about some of the things. Like, we selectively pick what the heck we get so mad about is annoying. But here's the thing. is you got to think of, and this is not me defending and justifying Cam. And I'm not even going to be the person that says you got to have the context of the interview. Um, because you can go watch it. You go watch the whole thing. One of these yeah. dudes that's on the podcast did prison time. Right. So let's not like let, let's not talk about like we're in a sociology class talking about uh, like a full on academic discussion right. of gender about roles and, and yeah and what or yeah. what a woman is and the reality of this right. is what actually the the whole or a large part of their discussion was about was about authenticity. And they talked about, he talked a lot about, and, and I feel like, and it's hard for me to be an authority on this because this was a black discussion, right? Is that these were three black men talking about black, I won't say black culture culture alone, but they were, they were using their, it was their window into some societal issues. Right. Right. And um, what I feel like is we're focused on the cam won't say what a woman is. He was saying how these bad bitches are fronting 
Like they act like they are whatever. And they really frauds. They're frauds. And what he was really, and this is what you got to know about Cam. If you know Cam a little bit, is like what he's saying makes sense, but sometimes he selects not the best word, right? So he didn't mean cater to a man. It almost meant like he was like saying like, you think you're so smart, intelligent, this and that, but you don't even recognize like your responsibilities in a relationship or something like this. I don't think cater was the word like you, but we also probably got to admit too that Cam has definitely got an ego to him. Uh, so yeah. maybe maybe he maybe he ain't looking for a woman that pays the bills because he got sixty million dollars in the bank. But I don't think he was trying to define a woman. I think yeah. he was trying to define right. to define these fake ass hoes. And and if you don't believe this, and I'll tell you this is that if you want to do the whole f- and, and God, I'm gonna get canceled. I mean, I'm telling you, I told you tonight. Don't get canceled, Tony. It's not worth it. No, you won't get the <laughs> podcast. Won't get canceled. I'll just get my job fired. <laughs> like the podcast no, will go. This is free. No, I'm not. But here's the thing about this: is like what he look is that there are just go on the internet, and there's a lot of women who exploit themselves. Right. And they are acting like and he talked about um, dudes doing this, too. Like, you got money, you got smarts, you got this. And he's like, he's like, this is that people portray a social media image. Mm -hmm. Right. And where at least that's the terminology he's using. I would just say we portray an image and you ain't really that. And what I think he was hoping to get back to is like. My mom and my grandma are women that are real. Like, I respect them because they true, authentic people. And they ain't fronting like they super cool and this and that. You know? And um, and I think here, in my last point, not my last point, because I'm going to come back. I got some more shit to say about this. But we have to understand, like, or we don't have to understand. We have to at least maybe acknowledge cultural, like, dialogue. And like you're talking, they were talking about this, about dudes being in prison and how you should like how kids thought that was cool growing up and you got to protect your case. So you can't be like this. If we're having a conversation about dudes potentially getting raped in prison, but then, oh, now it's time to be sophisticated. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, this is like, this was a, a, a dialogue about their at their lives in a certain way and just because it doesn't fit your dialogue of what is quote unquote the perfect utopian reality about everything doesn't mean they're assholes yeah and if these people were gay if they were muslim or if they were something else and we would say oh you got to acknowledge their cultural diversity If these people were Muslim and they were talking about how women have certain roles in life, we'd be like, oh, well, we need to acknowledge their religious diversity. You can just say this is you don't like what he said. You don't like what he said. He don't like what did like what he said. It's Cam Newton talking on a podcast. Exactly. But that's why y'all in a knot. Isn't that legitimately the real reason, though? Like, like, I think I think we can all say that any other person like male like african-american caucasian asian 
could have said this exact same shit and it wouldn't have had the same uproar that Cam Newton gets. It's Cam Newton centric because Cam Newton is a polarizing figure, right? Like Cam Newton almost gets the Kanye treatment when it comes to things he says, right? And he's not nearly as outlandish, but they like people like put him in that same category of saying some crazy ass shit that makes him out to be this <laughs> horrible human being. Like I, I agree hundred percent with what Cody said. Like just because like, even if we just take it at its surface, the conversation about what he likes in a woman, right? What he grew up with and what he sees, right? He can, you can have an opinion. Like that's what I get so frustrated with, with the way the world works right now. People cannot have an opinion about anything without having uh, the small 5% of the world be offended. And then their voices are so loud that the rest of the world just kind of like, uh, or can't, we'll uh, people them. can't be fully wrong. Like, here's the thing is you can't, like, you can't be perfect. Like, oh, well, like he said something that was imperfect in your mind. So now we're going to flip out. Right. It's like, can you not say shit in the world that's just not perfectly phrased? Well, again, man, like, there's a narrative in today's world. And anytime the mainstream media at large will find an opportunity to paint someone as like a conservative, right-wing, bigoted type of person, regardless of your skin color, regardless of who you are, where you come from, the media will take any clue that you have any kind of problematic opinions. They will take it, and they will hold it against you. And sadly enough, Cam Newton being the lightning rod that he is, hold on, it's going to be magnified on him 10 times more. The question I want to pose to you both and I think it's a legitimate one, right? Because whether or not we think it's unfair, fair or unfair is kind of you know irrelevant right now. What I want to ask you is, do you think this could potentially uh, give Cam Newton issues in trying to sign another contract with the team, be it the Panthers or otherwise? Is, uh, is Deshaun Watson on a team? He sure is. <laughs> not, only, hey, not only is he on a team, uh, just about every year of his contract is fully guaranteed. Which can do we want to have a conversation about that? Because apparently the news about the uh, the head of the players union or whatever um, came out and said that he wants everybody's contracts to be guaranteed. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't know. That's a whole nother a whole nother deal, really, but. I, Let's I finish this cam thing. We'll go yeah. to it real quick. We'll finish the cam. Um, am, am I out of line? Am I? Is this just me putting on my camp cape for cam moment? Because here, the, I guess another thing is I'm kind of looking at this is that people are going off on cam because he said that women need to. Uh, it was like, well, you but you can't cook. He's actually talking about the bad bits, though, like these fronting hoes these so, instagram hoes that rule in the world and don't you want to go on the internet and see them they're all over the place you put and, and i'm not saying like they like they're threatening me but there are people on like that are plowing their wares on the internet and and using that attention and abuse and, and and think about who these guys what kind of circles they run in you know what I'm saying? Like, is that there is probably a ton of people involved in their lives 
that are are like this. And I think he was trying to peer into just the idea of like we got to quit fronting. And he was talking about rappers a lot, saying like like they act like they rich, they act like they tough, they ask like they act like this. But when you get to meet them, they they're not authentic. And he was, I feel like, more criticizing this concept of the bad bitch as like a as a trope and an almost yeah. as a um a superficial view of feminism in his mind and i think one thing that kind of lends towards this is that they're all at the whole internet's mad about the description of him but you can't cook that's like that cinema over the edge it's like well first of all nobody can cook anymore so better all go but that but the bad bitch part they're like nah no, 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 wrong with that. They're saying the N word over. They're talking about this. Well, get right, like, and it's like, oh, say, but it was the cook. But, but, but that bitch. To, yeah, like what they're trying to put on him is that, like, he's saying that a, a, a woman equals this: the ability to cook, the ability to know when to stop talking. Do you think that's what he was saying? No. And by the way, so for example, what I think he was saying, and the comparison that was made online is it, he was comparing. Uh, a, a an Aisha Curry to a Britney Renner, and yep. I don't know if you know that name, Britney. Didn't Renner. he do I, an interview with her, the Britney yeah, Renner? Yeah, he did. He did. He did, and they had a good conversation too. But, but like, I don't know, man. Like at this point, dude, it's so fucking like I don't know. It, it, it's another example to me of people like blowing shit out of proportion for no reason. But right. again, though, like I, I think there is a uh. Um, there's a legitimate question to be had about whether or not this is going to uh, uh, hinder his ability to get a job. Because whether or not what we think about it, if if the world at large is saying, "Oh, he's racist," he's sex or not racist, but he's sexist, then you know what's he supposed to do? That what's he supposed to say? To I you? think this reinforces, and I don't think this moment itself keeps him from getting a job but i think that this storm of cam newton is the thing that people are concerned about yeah is that like is like cam newton you you send us a message before this mess blew up even cody like like right as it was blowing up and you said in our di- direct uh, chat you said Cam is like the most unintentional, hilarious person ever. <laughs> Dude, like, you know what I'm like, saying? Like, he's not even trying to be fun. Yeah, and it's like, uh, it's but like, man. his personality is he sucks all the air up in the room. Mm. That's what I think has been the concern about bringing in a Cam Newton to a team. And I think that this just reinforces that, ev- like, that kind of. Perspective or that perception of Cam. Um, a couple of other things about the cooking things, folks, is y'all all need to learn how to cook. Um, yeah. I think it's a dying institution. I come from a family that, like, that's a, like we just we never we didn't go out to eat a lot when I was young, and before that, before my like we I love to cook. Like I think like if if somebody said that my wife was a better cook than me, I'd be offended. She's probably just as good as me, though. But, like, I love to cook. Like, so I'm trying to feed some mugs. 
again, I think uh, you got to know Cam a little bit on this subject matter. I think you should also, if you're the internet, you should probably listen to who he's talking with and what they're talking about in the language. Like, is this, is I speak on this podcast in ways that I wouldn't speak in my classroom. Right. right. It's like, I'm not dry. Like, is there's, and I'm not saying that like, uh, I, I don't need to, um, like I need to, I carry two lives on. I'm not trying to do that, but there is, there is a setting, you know, you wear shorts and t-shirt. They're like, you speak one way in front of your grandma and you speak with one way. Like if, like Noah, like, uh, I saw Noah's not Noah Connor's dad on the, on the Friday free for all. Yeah. Like, oh God. I was like, my man, I was like, I hope y'all boys don't get in trouble. But like you, there's settings. There are certain settings where things are. And I just think that this this podcast space, I would hope you would listen to the entirety of it. And I'm not trying to say, oh, context will just change this. I think the landscape of the discussion changes it. Maybe I'm just parsing words. Um, The number is 252-228-50. 98 let's go ahead and uh you guys call in and tell us about this cam newton joint uh how yeah, you feel about it opinions let us know let's go Talk on let's us. let's bust through these calls hey what's good fellas Corey calling in it's been a, been a little while since my last call but I'll, that's all right you guys um uh show this past tuesday i think it was yeah we did that we did is that, that the one we heard all right yeah we did that what up c3 family and friends and viewers um, What's up, buddy? Based on the state of the uh, the Panthers, man, it's, I'm just ready to get this draft over with. I want to know what we're gonna do. Um, it's just it's kind of mind you know mind boggling. You don't know what's going on, but I want to touch on this uh, Rock Hill situation. And, you know, uh, I do think it's more of a Rock Hill problem than a David Tepper problem, but I want people to remember that David Tepper, this is the same guy who got fired, started his own thing, bought his old boss's house, destroyed it, and built a better house on top of it. So this guy is egotistical, maniacal. Um, so before you go ahead and say that he, uh, you know, it was Rock Hill's fault and all that stuff, I just – there's a reason why this dude's not talking to nobody because he he's running. You know, if he was in the clear and perfectly fine, he'd be talking to everybody. But the Rock Hill situation's awful. The, the fan base is you know holding. I mean, thank God for you and Pat and uh, Big Cat and TNT really holding us together because, like I said last week, man, this is this is insane. But yeah, I just want people to realize that this whole David Tepper thing, man, just keep a close eye on it because this dude is hiding and the franchise is doing awful. The Rock Hill situation is awful. And it seems like if it don't evolve flipping uh, stocks, he ain't about it. But anyway, I have, y'all have a great day. All right. Uh, go ahead, CK. All right, so I know that there's debate, right, and Rock Hill not holding up their side of the agreement. And I hate this argument in my everyday life, right? But there is a reality to what we're dealing with with Rock Hill. Um, and we, you, they haven't confirmed any of this, so this is just purely speculation on my front. But 
guess what happened after they signed the deal for Rock Hill? The pandemic. That happened after they signed the deal, right? So where Rock Hill might not be following through with their arrangements, there's also a realistic reason behind it. <clears throat> now, without knowing more in depth about what the Teppers have done to, to try to give them a little bit of a break or anything like that, or if there's been an attempt at negotiating or anything along those lines, I don't know. But I also know that there, if, if it's just as simple as um, they weren't giving us the money and we decided not to follow through with the arrangement because of that, instead of trying to find alternatives, which, I mean, I'm hard-pressed to believe that they didn't try to work out or negotiate something else. But if that's true that they didn't, then I'm, I really don't know what to expect. Like, I, I think that this still It's going to come back. They're not, they're not going to. You think that this is done forever? Dude, I mean, when you have politicians speaking out against, like, David Tepper in a, in a public manner like he did, State senator, there's a lot of state senators. Though. But, there's like 50 states, and so like people say crap all the time. Like, yes. is that if the money comes back next year and they start building this, people, this will be water under the bridge. Like, do you I think mean, the project is dead forever? I guess is my question. I mean, I could see a scenario where it is. I, I don't know what to think right now because the Panthers haven't released any information officially. All we're hearing is one side of the story, and that's from the government. Right. We don't know what else is being sold out there. I think you're right. I mean, look, is uh here's the the complicated part about the Rock Hill thing is that you get newly elected officials in and they're having to carry out stuff that people right. previous people did in a time where tax revenues are truly gonna be shortened. Like they're like is that the you would think that the pandemic is gonna hit the the cities and the state bank accounts a year or two after the effect, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, it's not an immediate effect on the right. tax revenue. So there could be some realistic things here. I think the other thing that is, this is like, when it comes to this facility, what were they going to do there? Like, I mean, I know it's a practice. Like it's like, they're going to have training camp there. Right. Um, They're going to have, like how much of the question that I have, and this is probably on the, maybe on the Rock Hill city council or whatever county or whatever that getting duped a little by Tepper is we, maybe we need to start playing a little bit more hardball with these owners. Like, what is it that how much economic return is a practice facility <laughs> going to bring to that area? Like first, it's not like the stadium where you're going to have this, Right. these games and things like in and, and the way i read it was it was going to be like a state of art sports facility that had a medical something too i mean it didn't sound, it had a whole yeah. bunch of different shit. right like is this really going to return 250 million was this a good investment by rock hill is kind of yes. where i'm going it would have been i you think, think you so i think you, you, think you get seen... the return I think you would have seen a massive, okay. uh, a massive amount of it return because it was not just about the sports. It was like the, it was an entire entertainment complex. Like you had hotels, you had all this stuff. Training camp now is going to be able to be a 
uh, a thing where you have a tremendous amount of people coming down and having a stadium. You where people do, can but train. you don't make 250. Man, I've been to training camp, dude. Yeah, there are a lot of people there. And they're going to go out to eat and stuff. But I don't think they're generating $250 million with a... It's it's sort of like if you think about a stimulus check, right? Like a stimulus is supposed to kickstart the economy, right? Well, what's going to happen is if if, if they brought that to Rock Hill, well, now you're going to have other businesses wanting to open up business in in Rock Hill. (laughs) And then that's not just going to be like for one part of the year. That's going to be something that's a year-round attraction because you're going to have people wanting to come out and... You know, I, I really do believe like that it would have been a pretty big impact. Now, how long it would have taken them to recuperate that two hundred and fifty million? I don't know, right? I, think I guess that what I'm saying is, part. wouldn't it be better to like try to lure a business there? That's what this like is. Like Apple. Well, it is, but it's not like a like they're not going to employ two thousand people. I mean, I don't know. If you I almost. I, I, I think this is that. I almost feel like. There are just as many, stu- you know, all the economic, uh, economic, economic studies that say that stadiums stimulate, like bring all, generate this te- like return. There are a lot of studies too that say they don't bring as much as people say they do. Right. And so I guess the thing is this is like, is this the wisest investment of tax dollars for a place? I don't know. Obviously, I, I don't... I, obviously, I understand why rich people, why anybody is trying to get other people to pay the bills, of course. And yep. clearly, they defaulted on their side of the agreement. And uh, and by the way, I, yeah, I like what Drew says, too. Absolutely. It would have been huge for Rock Hill. Property value alone started going through the roof with just the announcement that the facility complex was happening. Um, and listen, I'll say this, man. Well, like, property wanna, values have been going to... up everywhere, though. Yeah, true. But again, though, you think about the people that are going to be in the area that would be around it, how much money would come in to people going to see training camp every year. It would have been a big deal. And again, I don't know all the ins and outs of this. I'm certainly no expert, dude. But it really just kind of seems to me like Rock Hill didn't pay up their end. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's clear. That is clear here. It's like they they entered into a deal that they couldn't hold up their (laughs) end of. So, even if it, all of those or didn't hold their saying, end up, yeah, uh, like if, it's not even, even that they couldn't, it's just they didn't. I don't know David that they Tepper, couldn't, even if David they didn't Tepper pass the bomb they the said things, they were going to pass, even if David Tepper is all the things that they called him. It's like, what are you doing now? You didn't live up to your end of the bargain. And now you're going to like uh, publicly go at the man to make sure yeah. that the deal never gets done. I don't think this is a bad reflection on Tepper. What I think it is more of a question of is how poor Rock Hill is, or should they have been doing this in the first place? Yeah, that's it's not whether or not it's like is that like did you get fleeced by the billionaire kind of thing? Is that like we can't be mad at him because he won the poker hand? Um, and in the irony of this is this comes up as the interesting news surface about Dan Snyder. And uh, some shady business practices on their end. The number is 252 258 5098. Well, 53 is Noah here. I was going to say one thing. Cam should not come back to Carolina. It's a no. Just do something else. Probably another team probably pick him up. But go live your life. Got your own YouTube channel. Like I said, with my last cat call a couple um, couple days ago. But I kind of feel bad for a fan. Because, like, if you really think about it, it's like 
he like we say all these bad things about him and like I kind of feel I kind of feel bad now because like if somebody said that stuff about me, that would hurt my feelings, you know. But yeah, um, yeah. But I think Sam should be a backup quarterback. I think that'll probably be better for him. Um, yeah. What else I want to say? Keep pounding and this kills yeah. it. Um. I was going to join Free for All Friday this last Friday, but my phone went dead and um, I had to charge it. By the time I did it, I had to go somewhere. So it's all good, buddy. Pounding and I'm out. My man, Ouch. no, I always, you know, what he brings us back to earth. He had the best, he had the best take out of all of it on on the camera and stuff. It's just. And the Sam Darnold, man, it would hurt my feelings. I understand people being human and imperfect. I think that's kind of my point with Cam a little bit and even with Sam is people are imperfect. Like, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to say things that we didn't fully mean them to sound that way. And you take, you know, like you're saying, but if we just get so angry about every little thing, and it's not little, actually, because that means that I'm not trying to marginalize people's beliefs either. either. But, like, if you're not going to get, if we get so selectively mad, I guess, is um, it's just a tough, infuriating world. You do got to be careful. I think somebody said that to UCK in the, the, the chat. They were like, well, that is just what the internet is. Bro. It turns oh, out yeah. that is what it is. All right, next call. No, I'm calling in a lot. I apologize. But um, Cam take on women in this era nowadays he's not wrong i mean there's a lot of females even the in between 40 all the way down to 18 we have females that's chasing the wrong thing social media likes they don't take um either becoming a wife or wanting wanting to be a wife we don't have that in this era they chasing well, black culture, other other cultures as well. No, no female. A lot of females are different, but they're hard to find. But the ones Cam is talking about is the ones that's chasing the wrong things in life. You worried about some likes, but you ain't got a job. You worried about attention from other dudes, but you can't cook. You arguing with other females but you don't have your priorities straight. That is what Cam is talking about. And I don't even want, I'm young, I'm 28. I don't want no female that's chasing the wrong things. Like, if I could have had my way, I would want exactly what Cam wants. We don't want no maid as a girlfriend. We want to be with one female, but it's hard to do that because of what they're chasing. Nowadays, and it's bullshit because we are suffering mentally and physically mm-hmm. behind these females, and it's not like we can't live without them. Yeah, we can, but to want a wife and be humble about it and want someone to respect you, it's hard to get that nowadays. That's all he's saying. Do you think there's any? contextual i know people are gonna get so mad at me they've been mad at me all night it's okay it's okay be mad at me 
cancel this show. Um, I almost feel like he's talking about Jada Pinkett. No, dude, we cannot talk about Rosie. No, not about that, like as in this, but is that like somebody who, somebody who, it's it's like a fake coolness. It's like uh, somebody who thinks they're cool, thinks they're smart, thinks they're sophisticated, thinks this, that looks down at other people, and it turns out they're the shallowest, vainest, person in the room how about this is that in a place in a time and an era where if you want to say now you're being like oh you're being chauvinist you're being like this this hyper masculinity culture or something like that you want to throw that we should be talking junk about will smith about him being the b about him, why? Like somebody said, he go. I think it was Kevin Bosherman said he go. Jay gonna let him watch so hard tonight. That that mess had me rolling. But I feel like Will Smith is a victim in this. Like he is at the end of the day, despite the slap and the this is like I feel like he's been humiliated so much. I'm coming to the point where I'm like trying to start a let's rescue Will Foundation. Like let's save him from this abusive, narcissistic, awful. And I feel like that's kind of what like he's saying you think you are badass, but you ain't. You just bad. Evil. Succubus. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I think it's kind of referencing, man. Yeah, you got that from me, and I'm telling you, I know. I saw she it. Is. I saw it. She is I, she's like my least favorite person in the planet at this well, moment. Also, you can tell, like when you look at the things that she has said. And dude, I do not want to do a fucking uh, spend any length of time talking. About I this. do. I have the spent an embarrassing time. amount of my life following this. I am so mad that the algorithm of Google and YouTube knows. I just watched the video, bro. Even here, guilty, guilty admission. I watched the, I watched a video that was uh, by a body language expert, where they, where, where they did the. Um, entanglements in where he broke down the entanglements interview like what their body language was saying we forget how uncomfortable that entanglements joint was entanglements entanglements dude, i barely watched that shit that's like cancer to my soul dude it's all like leeches in the media that are like they want to suck your energy and your attention out of your body and dude that's why you have to you have to detach from that shit, man. I'm telling you, it is cancerous. It is cancerous. I do. I, I'll say this though. I think what's very clear is that um, uh, it is this that people Ooh, okay. and really, I'll kind of tie this back, man. People, you know, they have a double standard for men and women. When men do things, when women do things, what is acceptable to say, what isn't acceptable to say. I think when you look at, at Cam Newton today and him just, you know, uh, saying his opinion, you know, the, it's it's rooted and it's steeped in this, and this, you know, like you said, like a culturalism that ties back to something. And to miss out on that, you're missing out on 
many of the things that that happened in that in that interview, right? Um, and I think that's part of the problem in, in today's world in general is that we're so quick to look at something through one set of eyes, through one set of frame, and that you're missing the the, the bigger picture. You're missing, or the it has to fit into our tree. frame. If it doesn't fit into our frame. We got to freak the F out about right. it. Then it's like, oh, something's wrong. With I mean, like, head. at some point, you just got to realize that people have say dumb shit out there. Mm-hmm. Like, if that is bothering you, then don't talk to anybody. People <laughs> say dumb crap all the time. You know? I mean, like... did you? By the way, did you hear Charles Barkley on Pat McAfee one day? He was like... You know, when you're the prom, you know, when you're the prom queen, all the ugly bitches hate you. It's true. And just, yeah, and I just do it's like I, I feel like there's just a, a lot of that that's like that's how I was talk, man. That's what people say. Like how you Well, and sometimes we don't like to hear this is another thing that I is interesting about when it comes to the athlete. Like they say don't uh <laughs> fall in love with your heroes. Right. Or don't meet your heroes, I think is what the saying is like, you don't want to meet your heroes because we have this kind of perfect vision of what somebody is. And then when we meet them, we realize that they're just regular, regular people. And that's actually what Cam was talking about in this whole thing about he was talking about successful people being fraudulent and stuff like that. But um, I know I keep up from Cam. I put my Twitter sword on for Cam all the time. I got Cam's back. Even though he don't give a shit about me, except for when you want him to be the quarterback next season. No, I I want no. I got his back for that even more. I'm trying to save him, trying to protect him, trying to protect him from this nonsense. But what was I saying? I was saying, um, oh, don't meet your heroes, right? It's like we want to like open up to us, open up. We want to get to know y'all. We want to get to know, and then once we get to know anything we don't like about you, we're like, wish you just would have said what you were supposed to say. Even with Sam Darnold, it was like, I wish you would have said this. It's like we want to know people. We want to get to know them, and then when they actually say this, they're like, damn it. I wish you would have said what I wanted you to say. And you guys just got to recognize, like, not you guys. I feel like everybody in here is going to be is being fair in our panel. I think in the chat room too is like, if that's the standard, is just it has to meet every criteria of PC or whatever, how you ever want to frame right. it. You're going to be pissed off all the time. Yeah, you know, you're just going to be pissed off all the time. And I really think you guys, uh, we have to sometimes understand how dialogue but in different <laughs> settings, cultures, peoples change. Like, oh, here, this is what I was going to say. It's like, hey, I watched Dave Chappelle. I laughed at him. I was watching some Dave Chappelle joint this today. Like, so I was just looking at some shorts, and then it made me go back and watch the Sticks and Stones, which was the 2019 one. And, like, this dude says the rawest, raunchiest, most inappropriate crap and it's absolutely hilarious so like we're okay with you know man like i just feel like sometimes you gotta just understand like settings and landscape and dialogue and some people he gets to say the n-word i don't it's just a reality so just deal with it folks deal with it next call hey guys 
Chuck from Elizabeth City, a.k.a. Carolina Sports Guy. What happened, Chuck? Uh, one time I told you guys about my fandom that there's no question with a tattoo on my hand and one on my leg where I stand with the panties. He got a hand tattoo, bro. And you about the Super Bowl ring. At the end of the day, how <laughs> I stand with Cam Newton. But the memories and the things he did for this organization and how he's been beloved by the fans. I will not be satisfied until David Tepper rises these beams from the ashes of Rock Hill, South Carolina, and we get the training facility built, whether there or somewhere else. And in the center, <clears throat> on the field of that practice facility, we it's show Matt Rule's dead body. Field. I think that would be fitting. You either love Cam or you hate him. You either love the Panthers or you hate him. I'm diehard Cam. I'm diehard Panthers. And like I said, sometimes you just got to jump overboard. You got to bite the shark. Thanks, guys. I've never, I've never once thought about jumping overboard and biting the, the shark at this point in time in my life. Well, good point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what jumping overboard and biting the shark actually means. I don't understand that. Like, <laughs> I love his, I love his like, but, his uh, I love Chuck, so I, I trust him. Um, I don't know. Did you say you never heard jump the shark before? No, no, I don't know what that means. Like, so, no. dude, he said the, jump overboard uh, and bite the shark. No, he said so, jump I, overboard. No, dude, well, I yes, know this. no, I know this. Way back in the day. The, avid the, swimmer. No, avid the, swimmer no, no, over no, here. No, 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 no. The show The Happy Days, when it was coming to an end, they had this super stupid skit where the Fonzie got on a motorcycle and he jumped over a shark, like a pool with sharks in it, that was like in front of wherever the fuck they hung out in happy days. And like, it's a term that's used like whenever something has gotten so long in the tooth that it's outstayed, it's welcome. It's called jumping the shark. Like okay. you should have been off the air years ago. Got it. Love it. All right. I can't believe you've uh, never heard that before. Never heard it. And I'm the uh, uh, old guy. <laughs> Well, Chuck didn't say that. He said jump overboard and bite the shark. <laughs> he did say bite the shark. All right, let's go to the next call. Yeah, hey, that's new. From Charleston. Uh, I'm watching okay, the man. podcast right now. Just saying, you know, y'all talking about quarterbacks. I'm like, yo, you know, what's win? I'm sorry. Like, Justin Herbert was the top five quarterback this year. Missed the playoffs. Same mm. off the oh, Kevin, what are you doing? You know, quarterback made the playoffs. You know, Jimmy G, average, made the playoffs. Tannehill, average, made the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, I want y'all to name the last quarterback not named Tom Brady to win multiple Super Bowls. Eli Manning. It would be Eli Manning. Oh. Think about that Peyton right Manning. Now. All these Ooh, Peyton Manning. Aaron Rodgers, pop, pop, pop. You know. Like, but isn't that the point, I Kevin? Peyton, Peyton was, would be the last. Like, oh, I can hear us in the background. I love this. <laughs> yeah, that sounds Sorry, right. You sound great, Curry. No, I don't. Like, I come don't. on. You don't need an all the quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Again, Aaron Rodgers won Super Bowl. Peace. All right, but, that's like, the point, though, isn't it? 
that's the point is that it's so hard to win a super bowl do you remember in wayne's world where uh in the beginning of one of the greatest comedies (laughs) in the history of the world where his crazy girlfriend comes up to him in the donut shop and they've been broke up and he goes, she goes, I got you a birthday present, Wayne. And he's like, what do you mean? We broke up. Get the net, right? And he's like, get the internet. When that was like crazy, <laughs> good joke. It's like, And she goes, and he opens it up. And he goes, well, what is it? And she goes, it's a gun rack. And he goes, what am I going to do with a gun rack? I don't even own a gun, let alone enough guns to necessitate an entire rack. It's hard enough to win a Super Bowl with a great quarterback, let alone winning multiple Super Bowls with a shitty quarterback. It's just like this. It's like, let's just pick teams, bro. If we pick teams, how about this? If we pick teams in the backyard, would your ass pick Jimmy G over Aaron Justin Rogers. Herbert. No, Justin Herbert. Right. Yeah, Justin Herbert. And by the way, Kevin, like, it goes the same way, man. Yeah, you, you can name those instances, but then I can also name teams like the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen and the Bengals with Joe Burrow. You would rather have all of those dudes on your football team rather than a Jimmy right. Garoppolo or one of these mid-tier quarterbacks. So, Again, it's not enough of an argument to say that, oh, uh, yeah, you can just have a basic average level quarterback and, and be fine. But the, the the difference that I have with this is when you look at the, the best quarterbacks that, let's say over the past 10 years, the best quarterbacks in this league, right, the best, every one of them, for the most part, have a Super Bowl, a championship, right? Now... Let's talk about the middle of the pack quarterbacks. How many of them have a quarter have a Super Bowl? Not many. It's happened, but it's not many. What that tells me is that you are more likely to win a Super Bowl with a great quarterback than not having a great quarterback. True. So, what about this? Is you're more more likely to be in the invited to the party? the right. playoff party with a quarterback? Think about that. Is like it's not just like yeah, it's hard for you to win the chip. But, like, Tom Brady won it two years ago, but he didn't win this past year, and they were in it. But the key is getting in the dance consistently. Is like, is like, it's not like, oh, we haven't been to the playoffs in seven years, and we're now we're in the playoffs. We got to try to win the Super Bowl. The goal is to be in the playoffs every year. And then in the five years that you're in the playoffs, you actually get it done. Like, you got to get to the dance. You got to be invited to the party. And that's the problem is that these, you can't consistently be invited to the party when you're just average. And here's the thing is that while, while uh, Aaron Rodgers may only have one Super Bowl or Drew Brees have one Super Bowl, they were always in the hunt. They were always in the hunt. You know what I'm saying? Like there was, we have the whole challenge, the quarterback, the coaches can challenge a, a, a call on the field type thing now because the Saints got screwed in a game. You know what I mean? Like, but they were there. They were hunting just like the Chargers, the Rams were. They've been in the conversation. 
here's the thing is it's hard for the Browns to win a Super Bowl when they've only been in the playoffs once in 33 years or the Bengals or whatever the hell. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Right. Uh, and also, uh, sorry, Chuck, I did speak over your point. I do have a bad habit of that. And he was saying they should name the practice field Cam Newton Stadium to make it um, controversial. Um, I did want to bring this up before we go to the next call. Do you guys see that uh, um, Matt Rule's on the speaking tour? Well, we've known this. We've talked a couple of times. He went with Florida, but he's at another school. How about this? <sighs> How do you, like, that's who you call up to give your college team a talk? Like, why is why is Matt Rule coaching college teams right now when he can't even coach his own team? But people are joking on him going to, I think, recently, wherever he was at. And I saw my man salesman put up and it was like, guys, the same old tire PowerPoint by Matt Rule. And it's like, <laughs> play elite, play to the whistle, get coached as hard as you coach. Is Matt Rule just a cliche used car salesman, uh, a evangelical preacher? And is it like, what do you think about Matt Rule at this? Like, what do you, do you guys care about his speaking tour in these? No, I mean, and, and really it's, it's couldn't an really say anything else. Isn't that what all coaches do? Is it's an interview tour, in my opinion, at this point. Okay. Oh, I care to no, the point fine. that everyone related to the Carolina Panthers who goes and speaks in front of an audience of people, inevitably, be their fault or, or not, they end up putting their foot in their mouth and saying some dumb shit that we have to talk about, like, like we have been all night tonight. Like, Again, it goes Thank back God to that. they're doing that. Imagine this show if we wouldn't have had Cam Newton to talk about. But Cam like, Newton is a bad. We need the next Cam Newton. But not so. It goes back to what I'm saying about tone deafness, like a, a lack yeah, of ability to, to to read the room. It, it goes back to what I was saying about Sam Donald. Like one, you haven't proven anything. So why are you in a position to be speaking about You're big time about, and everybody uh, and about no... <laughs> what it is to be successful? You have no idea what it takes to be successful in the NFL because you haven't done it before. And if you're just talking to them about college, like, let's be real. Everyone's thinking that if Matt Rule loses his job this year, he wants an easy out to be able to go back into college and continue coaching. And that's what it reads of to me, Tony. And that makes it seem even more disingenuous that he's not doing this to try and impart some kind of football knowledge onto these young players. He's doing this for his own purposes to try and make sure that he's one, making himself look good. And number two, that he has an inroads back into the college game if and when this season doesn't go well for him. So it, this is it's it's slimy to me, man. I wish you would just shut up and focus on football, right? I, mean, I don't yeah, think it's slimy. I mean, I mean it's it, like I said. I think it's uh, just a PR thing. Like at this point in time, he's trying to get his name out there and more colleges to be uh, be one of those guys. You know, I don't. Here, I want to give my man credit. At set first, if you ain't following this dude on Twitter, you're missing out. Like this is my dude on Twitter. I like him a lot. At 95, keep pounding, salesman, a.k.a. salsa man. But he, he said, bro, look at the pull, bullet points on rules PowerPoint slide. He's just a football 
Tvangelist. Um, and it's hard to read. So, like, I mean, no, it's hard to read. It's almost like you should have told Matt Rule to get like work on his PowerPoint skills and uh, know that that's like a difficult for a bright room standard of performance. So, here's like his keys practice and prepare at a championship level. What does that even one. mean? Yeah, I mean, well, it just mean like it's like he has not yet done it because he hasn't won a championship anywhere. But okay, uh, play with elite physicality and effort. Do your job with technique detail. We can't see it because it goes L four something. Win your one on one. Make your play. Play the next down one hundred percent mental. Is I guess what it's saying. But it is this. It's like this. For me, like, you know, is that I don't think he's going to have a better PowerPoint than this. You know, like, I mean, it's like, it's like, what do you do? Yeah, of course. This is like, I'm a teacher. This is what I put like, this is what you do. You're like, try to boil pr some principles down that you want some themes you want to talk about. But it does just seem cliche. And it's almost to the point like, God. Matt Rule, no, like you said, know the room. Just go. You, I feel like, well, you know how they talk junk about players when they're not playing well and like they're out like uh, making commercials or filming TV shows and they're like, oh, they're not dedicated. Like, I feel like Matt Rule should be studying the draft right now. <laughs> like, you should be telling, trying to teach yeah. people. It's like, and he's always saying, like, I just, sometimes I worry that Matt Rule buys into his hype more than he should. Yes, and, and and Tony, you should you have every reason to be worried about that because all of his actions dictate that you should be worried about it because it does seem like he's in this for his own purposes and to show the world how much he knows about the about the the game of football. I'll tell you this, Tony. It's so easy for us to like you know say, oh, if I were in his shoes, I would do this, 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 and this. I get that it's easy to say, but let me tell you, man, I'm gonna do it anyway. If I'm a head coach, and after two years in the NFL, I haven't crested above a five-win season, literally my every waking day, even if I'm not spending my You're not going on a day, speaking tour, are yeah, you? My, every waking day, I'm doing something to try and make this football team better than it was the year before. And I'm damn sure not going to colleges and speaking because I'm doing everything that I can to uh, make sure that I maintain my dream job. It should be your Well, we better hear this, that he was a NFL head coach. We better hear he's aligning his – we better hear he's aligning his speaking tour with the pro day visits. Like, then I'd be like, all right. Like, you know what I'm saying? You were there for the pro day. So you just double dipping. And better news is uh, Matt Rule's finally dressed back like uh, Matt Rule we know. He's just back in the coach gear. He right, loves the vest. Like, it's just like, it's like, look, free, free gear. Um, I do think you're right. It's like, uh, where, why do you feel like you know what's going on? Uh, oh, in, in his defense, I listened to LeVar Arrington a lot. Uh, not a lot for like 15 minutes on my way to work each morning. Uh, he's on two, 
two pros and a cup of Joe. It's uh, Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and the worst radio host in the world, Jonas Knox. I hate Jonas Knox. Like, he's my least favorite radio host in the history of the world, but I love LeVar Arrington. LeVar Arrington, can you guys still hear me? Okay. Um, LeVar Arrington went to Penn State with Matt Rule. LeVar Arrington was like a top pick. He was like a top one or two pick. It was like, like this mug had the chops. Like he really was like a Lawrence Taylor, Luke Keekley type player in his era. He always refers to Matt Rule in a high regard and calls him the brainiac. He was like, dude, couldn't play, but he could tell me everything I needed to know. <laughs> like he was like my tutor. So at least there is somebody that I respect that likes Matt Rule. Let's go to the call, uh, next call. Hey, by, by the way, before you go on, uh, Drew put this, and I thought you would like it. He said, hell no, Tony. You want Matt Rule as far away from the draft as possible. <laughs> if I was Scott Fitter, I'd send Matt Rule on a speaking tour for the entire weekend of the draft. Oh, my bad. It's like, we got you. We've lined this up. We need you to go to Alaska. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're thinking that. Saskatchewan, some shit. <laughs> Uh, we're thinking, uh, we're thinking of, uh, maybe you could go and solve some problems in the Ukraine. Next call. Next call. Hey guys, Joey. Uh, Joey. I, wanted, I wanted to say something about this whole Sam Donald thing saying that he's a good quarterback in the league and he's proved it. Okay. Number one. He hasn't proven it. But how much of that is because he still hasn't had a good coach? How much of that is Matt Rule and how much of it is that Sam Donald sucks? Or does he suck? Is he one of these quarterbacks that's like, like Andy Dalton was like this where he needs, he needs his team to be good. Otherwise, like, he is literally what his team is, a sponge. Is that what Sam Darnold is? Does he need to be in a system like the Rams, for example? Like, if you sent Sam Darnold to the Rams, like, would he be a good quarterback? Is what I want to know. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, it's just wild speculation at this point, right? Like trying to imagine a set of scenarios and circumstances under which Sam Donald could be successful and actually be a good quarterback. It's like, who knows what that looks like? And Tony, I even posed this as a question on my Friday free-for-all. I'll pose it to you too. Is there any way that Sam Donald could be a successful quarterback with the Carolina Panthers? In a Tannehill type of way, probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I don't know what Sam is, and I don't know what he can be. And he could be something better than I think people saw. But I just don't know. I mean, like, is that, yes, there's a world where it could be better than last year. And significantly better. There's a world where all of a sudden we're talking about Matt Rule not sucking. It only takes one winning to change everything. And after year one of Matt Rule, 
I was buying into what you guys were selling to me. I was thinking this is uh, Joe Brady is going to get his sea legs now. Like he got a year under his belt. He's going to be better this year. Like I thought the first year of the Matt Rule era was met my expectations. It just has felt like the thing fell apart so quick. So, yeah, man, I guess if we come out, man, we go out there and win 10 games this year, make a playoff and go look good, good or whatever. Hell, yeah. Like, all of a sudden, we're like this. It's like, oh, man, man, we were all fucking wrong. Sam Darnold's was right. So, like, yeah, there is a possibility. It's just like, what do you bet on, I guess? I mean, it's just, what do you bet on? I'm not betting. A, uh, I don't want rule to fail. I just... Don't believe at this. What I saw last year makes me question his authenticity and his commitment. And then once he started firing coaches, I was like, man, it's okay for fans to say that y'all don't know what the hell you're doing, but you're panicking. Right. They ain't made good decisions. I'm tired of people telling me I'm being hypercritical and they're the ones making all the damn bad decisions. They got Teddy Bridgewater. They got rid of Ted, Teddy Bridgewater. They got Sam Darnold. They got, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not me doing it. So, like, man, if he does some shit that makes me believe in him more than what I saw, then, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I just don't think right now it's probable. I don't have a lot of faith in this dude at the moment. And I wanted to. I wanted to. I felt like I put some blinders on guys that said, like, oh, the transition from college, like, I think he that narrative that it doesn't happen is overblown. I gave him a lot of leash. And on the first year I was, I gave him a, like this. It was the year two. It was just like such a disaster. And I don't think it was wins. That was the problem. It just looked like a shit show from the personnel to the coaching. To say, He's cleaning. Why, why is he firing everybody? If it's not that bad, that's what I want to know. Yeah, I mean, if he just didn't, if he could have just had a better quarterback, why fire your whole staff then? Why don't you just go get a better quarterback? But no, like we're this is a he's threading. If he comes back and does it, Ben Mac is like I'm gonna say this is that if we win next year, I'm clapping about Ben McAdoo. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I mean by, by the way, like all of our hopes on Ben McAdoo's shoulder to turn this into a competent mm -hmm. NFL offense. I mean, I don't, shouldn't that be enough? If we're good next year, if we're good next year, who gets the, who gets the praise, Cody? I mean, if we're good. I mean, doesn't it have to, I mean, okay, it depends on how good we are, but if we're talking, like, if we're a playoff team and our offense takes a big step forward, yeah, I mean, I think you have to say McAdoo, and I mean, I don't want to be that guy that doesn't give credit where credit is due. Obviously, if Matt Rule uh, improves, then good. I, I want him to improve. I want sure, to sure. Better. I want us to be a better football team. Like if I could pick between Matt Rule being a bust and Matt Rule turning it around and actually being a good coach, I would prefer the latter. But I just don't feel like that's going to happen, and many people in Panther fandom don't. So if we win, if we win twelve games next year, we go from a shitty sh shit show to like awesome dominance. Are we sitting here really at the end of the day saying Matt Rule knew what he needed 
went out and executed, targeted the right people, and is a great leader of men. No, we're going to be like this, is that all of a sudden Ben McAdoo saved this mug's job. I mean, I don't think like we're going to all of a sudden, I think it's just going to take a lot for Matt Rule to show us that he is the value. Yeah. And look, we have a guy in our chat room named Perfection, and he hates every time um, I'm critical of Matt Rule. I don't think I have said one unfair thing about no. Matt Rule. I don't feel like any of us have. Right. Like we're not just going to be blind fans and and sing your praise your praises and worship at the altar of Matt Rule and his football knowledge right. if you haven't done anything with said knowledge. The difference so, here is that we all gave him a chance. Like, it wasn't like we were shitting on him from the get-go. Like, we were all, like, hopeful that he was going to be the answer that this franchise needed. We were on the rule train when he first came to Carolina. Even after his first year. Right. Even going into year two, we were not like, oh, rule's the problem. And and now we, I, I think you've seen enough uh, from the his coaching is the ineptitude, uh, you know, to where we we were. I mean, unfortunately, you have no other conclusion to draw other than he's not a good coach. Now he could change it. Like year three, he might be able to turn it around. And honestly, I kind of hope he does. Right? I don't sure. want anybody to be fired. Right? <clears throat> but at the same time, I also understand that that's probably an unlikely scenario. We're probably going to look better, um, but I think we're still going to see some of the same. Um, the same things that cause us to put our face in our hands saying, like, why? Like, why, why, why? Like, I mean, we we all thought the smock was pretty cool at first, but, like, when you really think back, I mean, it really is a, a pretty, in, you know, a good indicator of the type of coach that he is, which is somebody who doesn't really seem to be able to, like, uh, connect with the people that he's going to be coaching, right? I'm not the saying you have to be... Right. representative. It's the emblem of matt rules aram the number is 252-228-5098 hey guys joey uh i wanted i wanted to say something about this whole sam Darnold thing saying that he's a good quarterback in the league and he's proved it okay number one he hasn't proven it but how much of that is because he still hasn't had a good coach How much of that is Matt Rule, and how much of it is that Sam Donald sucks? Or does he suck? Is he one of these quarterbacks that's like, like Andy Dalton was like this, where he needs, he needs his team to be good. Otherwise, like, he is literally what his team needs is sponge. Is that what Sam Donald is? Does he need to be in a system like the Rams, for example. Like, if you sent Sam Donald to the Rams, like, would he be a good quarterback? Is what I want to know. Yeah. Anyway, guys. CK, what do you think, man? I mean, that's kind of the point of this whole question that we're asking. Like, if you put Sam Donald on a good football team, does he start – to look like a decent quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, I think you, 
you run into the same scenario that Tannehill ran into. Now, I'm not saying, you know, Tannehill was, uh, you know, it was a world beater when he went to Tennessee, but like when you put him on a team where he doesn't have to be the guy who wins the game, then yeah, Sam Darnold is going to be capable of taking this team to the playoffs. Do I believe that he has what it takes based on what I've seen so far um, that, that he could take us to the Super Bowl? I don't. I don't feel that way, especially after you see what we have as far as talent in the in you know on all these teams from a quarterback perspective. There's too many fucking incredible quarterbacks in this league right now. Like yeah. to not have one of those same top tier quarterbacks on your team is a huge detriment. And uh, quite honestly, you see what happens when you have one, and that's what happened to the Patriots and the uh, in the in the playoffs against the Bills, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Brett. pretty much my sentiment exactly, man. Like, uh, you know, it's I, I I don't know. It's just tough to want to extend that leash any further for mm-hmm. Sam, just based off of not seeing anything. But next call. Hey guys. Joey again, and uh, a, a caller brought up um, the Rock Hill issue, and I have a question about that. Luckily, we have a debt collector on this podcast, and we have a professor on this podcast, and Cody, being the being the crippled, is the man with the plan and the knowledge that no one knows he's got until he <laughs> drops right. it on me. So, uh, is there a way... Joey, are you going to be the lookout? If Pepper were to drag this on too long or pull out of it, that the governor of South Carolina can make Pepper pay back the tax credit and the uh, city of Rock Hill can make Pepper pay back the money that the city of Rock Hill paid or put into the project. And because they've got to do something. If this thing doesn't go right, everybody involved with that from the state level is fucked. Especially if they're running for re-election. Because they're going to have to explain that one. How they just got... How they just got got, basically. By some billionaire northern dude. Anyway, guys. (laughs) Off grid just straight called me out like with the truth. (laughs) Like my man knows. He can read. He knows exactly what's going on in my life. All right. Uh, This was to the call to the guy in the chat room who kept saying he was trying to call in. But look, this I would have played the call. But look, this was. (laughs) Juan Don versus everybody else trying to call in to speak to you guys with the Cam Newton situation um, from a black perspective. Um, it just keeps going into the voicemail. But my number is 347 797. I think he did leave a message. No, nah, there's not another one. What was the last he said? Three, four, what? Give me the 797 or something. The last one is 16 seconds. So, like, here is, like, sadly, we can't field the calls. Wait, they are live, and they're not live. Like, they're kind of live. Like, they're coming in, them, and we're playing them. Playing them, but the problem is this. It just lets you know the D 
detail of what the problem is, is that I could talk to you back and forth, but you don't care about what I got to say. You want to hear what Cody and CK got to say, and they can't. I just have not broke the code on how to take calls where they can respond to you without getting this crazy loop of echo. So that's just it. Um, all right. That's all I got really is i mean we gotta ice some people up you guys got anything else you want to talk about is real that quick? the final call yeah oh, i thought we had like a whole lot more no no dude, holy shit, we're like we're gonna be like dude this we must be in a parallel reality we're not it's like we have we're to i can ruin this like i can ruin this like, right now no, tony will be the guy that <laughs> will ruin this and be like oh you want to talk till one o'clock in the morning but off grid already knows i got to go my wife is like come on like what the hell uh, anyway, I mean, there's really not a lot to talk. On I mean, we talked about. <laughs> uh, don't be a dummy on the tummy, of course. <laughs> don't be a dummy on the tummy, definitely. Oh, man. Uh, Sorry. Jordan uh, wants to know if he can ride on top of my wheelchair. No, you can't ride on top. You can ride in the back. That's where the blind people go. Going All right, so somebody said down. they called in and I didn't get it. Can you give me the last four of your social security number? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Connor, can you play the? Can you type in the last four digits of your phone number just so oh, I can that's find the it? Connor, man. Is he Connor? Oh God, I feel like his dad's gonna call me. No, his dad's cool. It was cool, man. No, this dude representing these guys are gonna take over. Um, this channel. All right. Um, oh, as he new Panther fans, man, that next generation of C three Panther <laughs> and Panther family, we need that, man. We need that. Um. All right, let's uh ice some mugs up while we're for. All right, hold on. I'll look this up here real quick. Um, let me make sure I got my. Uh-huh. See, no. What time did you call, Connor? I don't see it. Oh wait, here it is. Here it is. Nine eleven. He's calling it nine. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Uh, man, this poor kid been staying up all night. Like he's like, man, play my damn call. I called two hours ago, homie. Sorry, Connor. You better than me. Hey guys, it's me, Connor, calling again. And so What's up, Connor? this uh, call, by the way, is intended for uh, the Tuesday show of April twelfth. And so I just want to talk about Camden. He's so professional. And I'm sorry. I, like, I don't mean to be. He knows, you know, you don't know when the calls come. People are just overreacting about this. <laughs> and the poor guy, he just can't stay out of trouble, it seems like. And again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to, to anybody out there. But I mean, I just, I don't know what he really said wrong. I think people are just trying to make a huge media storm out of it. Besides that, I'm Connor. This is intended for Tuesday. April 12th. <laughs> I'm sorry, Connor. I know. Thank I you for telling man. me to be Connor better. I know. He's He's like, Tony. Let me make sure I put the date in here because I know Tony is not going to know when this call is intended for. Oh uh, shout out to Connor. No, Con- look, Connor's right. Like the Clowning, is, man. man. Uh, you know, this is the media overreacting to things. Um, to me, at, at the end of the day, a, a man that's allowed to have a personal preference about the kind of woman that he is into, man. And everybody's allowed to have their own personal preference. The only way it gets weird is if you're telling other people how they should live their lives and how they should act 
and Cam wasn't doing that. So, um, yeah, shout out Connor. He said he's joking, but nah, he's he a champ, bro. And, uh, but don't worry. You cut the harder you call, the harder I gotta re- retrieve y'all calls. That's what uh, Matt Rule would say. The harder you get coached, the harder I got to coach. And Connor has a podcast now. Connor, type the name of your podcast into the uh, comment section. That way people can see uh, it. Let's ice some fools up and get out of here. And like, like make a record. You go first, Cody. Yeah, man. So, um, Tony. And, and give us your exit, too, at the same time. How about that? All right. Perfect. Um, so, my... Ice up pick is going to none other than Dan Snyder. Mm-hmm. Um, you may you may have heard about this. Um, and it's a wild story, man. This is an owner who has been much embattled in controversy for years now. Uh, and this is a big deal, man. It really does seem like uh, uh, it, he finally might have picked the wrong bull to mess with. Uh, for the last decade, since 2012, Dan Snyder has underreported ticket revenue per the investigation. He raised prices and categorized surplus revenue as bogus licensing fees related to concerts and college football games to prevent sharing with other owners. Details, two sets of books, a set that's submitted to the NFL that doesn't include the extra revenue, but then there's a set of books that's kept internally shown to Mr. Snyder and his inner circle that shows what we actually did, uh, which would include the juice. Also, a scumbag move to mislead fans uh, into paying more, take affordable general admission tickets and sell in bulk to third-party brokers. Number two, tell fans these tickets are sold out. And number three, Tell fans they had no option to attend but to either join a 160,000-person wait list or buy a premium ticket. My man was cooking the books and keeping them from the feds? Bro, I'm telling you, man, this is the perfect opportunity. Jeff Bezos is about to come flying in, turning the commanders into the Washington Primes, Dan Snyder, uh, I, I do believe he has finally met his match. And to top it all off, the criticisms and controversy section of Dan Snyder's Wikipedia page is already over a thousand words long. The section about him being the owner of an NFL franchise is under 30. So let that speak for himself. Uh, Dan Snyder, uh, you're a crooked mess, and we all know it. Everyone's known it for a very long time. Ice up to you. Uh, my name is Cody Lashley. I'm co-host of the C3 Panthers podcast. Find all my draft content on drafttech.com where I write first, second, and third round comments for the Carolina Panthers, except we don't have those two and three, you know? Uh, and find me on Twitter at Cody Lash. <clears throat> Tony Dunn, that's all for the boy. CK, Ice up. Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna actually uh, I'm gonna again I, I do this a lot, but I'm icing myself up. I uh, we bought a mm. uh, a mattress, and um, and and it's it's a latex mattress, and it was one that we ordered from Amazon, so it wasn't like they were coming in and put it in in our bedroom or anything. Our bedroom's upstairs on the second story of the house, and uh, did not realize that because every mattress I've ever had, I've been able to just handle it, you know, pick it up myself. This thing's close to two hundred pounds. 
Um, and there was not like even in the box it came in, there was no carrying that bad boy up the stairs by myself. Um, so I had my wife helping me. I destroyed my back, did something to my forearm, and it's still sitting in the living room downstairs. Um, <laughs> oh, <God>. so, <laughs> I'm icing myself up at this point in time because literally, uh, I put to, some ice on yeah, it. I need to take an ice bath or something at this point. Tell them where they can find you. You can find me everywhere. Everywhere. Code Dizzle Allen. Just find me in the know. Look, 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 look it up. Voice that makes a voice, man. It's the yeah. best. The look best line. And then uh, just, just find me in your dreams. All right. Uh, my ice up pick. Uh, oh, I like that. Um, my ice up pick goes to. Hold on. This, uh, this, this one comment right here on this. Uh, so this story comes up. Identical twins named Valedictorian and Salutorian at Scott High School. <laughs> and the first comment under this is, why would you name your kids that? <laughs> That's not their names. That's not their names. That's not their names. So I said, bro, is uh, that's why you ain't valedictorian or salutorian of your high school, man. Whoever oh, you are, my, my name's Tony Dunn. It's the C Three Panthers podcast, brought to you by Carolina Cat Chronicles. You can find me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Call into the show at two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Look, we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. Look, you can just help us by smashing the thumbs up button, leaving a review, subscribing, smashing the bell. Look, is that we are going, you could try to cancel us, but we can't cancel ourselves because we're going to be here next Tuesday. We're going to be here on Friday. We'll check you all out later. Take us out of here, Cody. I got to go. Until next time, Panther Nation, keep pounding. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.